This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is very, very grumpy and even more hungover, but would still rather be Chelsea than Spurs any day of the week. Uh, now, at this juncture, I usually have written, I've like, you know, spent hours crafting a wonderful introduction to the show and with pithy comments, the odd pun. You know, joke or three, maybe a wise word, you know, sage advice. But I've got nothing this week. I have nothing. Nada, zilch, nothing. Uh, And it's not just because I've I've basically been in purder and punishment for my wife today for being a reprobate since Thursday, all football related. Uh, And it's not just because I haven't had time. I'm 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 genuinely speechless after that. I really am. You know, 28 28 years. Yeah, I'm out of words. Yeah. I'm out of pithy words. Yeah. So all I can say to you lovely well, pithless, people... Pithless, Tidge. I am. I'm pithless. Pithless and potless. But all I can say to the lovely people out there in Mixler and who, who listen to this podcast is it's the Chelsea Fancast, number 420, April Fools. Very good. Mm. Because they bloody well were. Now, on the show tonight, as you've probably figured out, um, we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jonathan Kidd. How lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Are you hearing me? Fancy loud and having clear? you on the show. You, Am yes, I loud and clear? we are. You, 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 yeah. Have you got? Have you changed something, mate? Got a new computer. You got a new computer. A new computer. Yeah. Lovely. And yeah. new head. Have you got a speaker set to go with that? Maybe. It's all working really well, Chidge. Yeah. yeah. You've got a, got a Skype headset, haven't you? No. But no. Uh, have you got, have no. you got a posh mic like me? Yeah, I've got everything. Uh, I don't Did that send... thing I, I texted you? Uh, no, I paid no attention to that. But I've got other things. Ugh. You paid no attention to that. Mate, I got a really good mic. I was being lovely and texting you. Something. You were being lovely what? telling me. I don't want to use a USB mic. Thanks very much. I've got I've got 
bigger and better than that. So, uh, oh, because you're a voiceover artist, I know where this is going. Be, well, fair play, my, mate. You sound might be my world, Chidge, just slightly, you know. So, yeah, mate. Well, well done. I, you, you know, there are so many people out there who will really appreciate, honestly, they will appreciate being able to hear you loud and clear. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, all right, fair enough. We get it, mate. Great to, I mean, this, this for me and Jonathan, this will be our third podcast in f- four days won't it can i say it is slightly knackering let's be honest mate <laughs> really? i'm not almost <laughs> dead saturday afternoon was completely exhausting just went on and on mm. and on and uh and i zoned out a couple of times thinking i can't do it anymore i can't do it um but yeah. then became yeah. very loquacious towards the end but i have to say the love from the American uh, um, podcast people and all the Americans who come over is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And the the you have, what we have to appreciate is that every every aspect of this Mixler and everybody contributing um, it really enhances their whole Chelsea experience. And they absolutely um, they really get off on the whole thing of us knowing about mm. the games and the, the history that we've been involved in. And uh, they they're in awe. Of, of of the whole show and and everything that we we talk about you know frequently i'll do a show and think well i talk, talked a load of bollocks during that one somewhere in america there's somebody thinking well actually no it's it's interesting bollocks jonathan because it's it's about an aspect of the uh, the game and the club that i don't know about um and you sort of take for granted that you know stuff about the club because you're watching them for so long and uh, for them it's new and for them it's because they're just watching a um, a digital feed and they want to know and they're really taking in all this information and uh we're going to was... talk about jonathan we, part three yeah, we're going to yeah. properly 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 talk about that so keep your powder dry on that the contribution of everybody in mixler is also not to be understated yes. because Absolutely. they are part right. of it and they are, the fact they come is really we'll talk about that as well but I, it was we even will, though it's exhausting yeah. it was actually very joyous a very joyous thing to yeah. have done so uh, you know. it was indeed. Now, uh, now, um, Jonathan's clearly on fire. We haven't even—I haven't even got to the introducing our other bloody guest yet. Alex, how are you? What's up? Fed up still. The girl, who, <laughs> the girl who likes what? I said fed up still. Fed up still. You've gone all quiet. You were beautifully loud for a few minutes ago. Suddenly, you sound like you're in a toilet. Is that any better? Yeah, that's much better. Stay like that. Stay like I love you. You mean uh, sit here with my finger holding the headphone jack in for the next <laughs> Well, you might have to because you went all a bit toilety again. It's fine. You were when beautiful. Jake, I'll let I go you... when JK's talking. All right, okay. Alex, it's lovely to have you on. We have, I feel like I haven't seen you or heard from you for ages. It's been way, way, way too long, my love. But you're all right, apart from being grumpy. Yeah, my uh, all of my time right now is usurped by George V. I am shackled to him 24 hours a day, so I, I have no life anymore, basically. I let myself out for the first time in six days to watch that shit show yesterday, and I was really glad I did. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, I should add, I was t- I, I was talking to these two before we went on air, but um, there are only three of us tonight. Uh, three is the magic number, so do not be alarmed. But uh, it's all my fault because I scheduled Alex and Tony Glover on, of course. You know the uh, the smut buddies together, of course. 
Uh, but I, I scheduled them in for last Monday, forgetting completely I wasn't going to do a podcast last Monday. And when I said, could you do it this Monday? Alex said yes. Tony said he couldn't because he is, he is lost in France with Bonnie Tyler. Uh, so there you go. So I apologise for that. But uh, now three of us will be fine. Uh, now, on the show tonight, uh, we will be asking, where does this defeat to Spurs rank in all-time disappointments and what now for the future of Antonio Conte? I've got some interesting things to say about that, as you can imagine. Uh, in part two, we ask, why do Chelsea seem incapable of winning a game that actually matters? And does defeat to Spurs mean the chances of a top four finish have now gone? Uh, in part three, we say thank God for good mates in the pub before and after. Uh, has following Chelsea returned to the days of a great day out ruined by 90 minutes of football? Mm. Uh, and actually, that's where we're going to pick up on what Jonathan and I were up to uh, on Saturday as well. And in part four, we've got more loads of your emails for Jonathan to read out. So stay tuned for that now. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can listen to the show live every Monday at live. 7 o'clock. By, it's live! 7 p.m., although a bit later tonight because I wasn't really ready, ready with the script for various reasons. Uh, but you go to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Loads of you in there. as Well, well not as many as normal because I just didn't have... I, okay, I'll tell you. Basically, uh, I, I had a Supporters Trust board meeting, meeting on Thursday which went a bit kind of pear-shaped in terms of too much to drink. Friday before and after the radio show, I had too much to drink and crawled into bed at one. Saturday, uh, we did this live podcast with the London is Blue Boys. That was kind of a three o'clock start, and I crawled in about ten. And yesterday, I was in the pub at half past one, and I crawled in at midnight. Uh, so my and now now I'm doing a podcast with you lot. My missus said to me, "Well, what are we doing this Easter?" And I said, "Well, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm doing all of this." So. You know, I'm, I had to uh, behave myself today with a big hangover. So I have been shopping and things like that. And then I had to drive back from London to Winchester. And uh, th- therefore, I've had little time to plug the show. But for God's sake, you people in Mixler, you know we do it on a Monday at 7. So you should be here. But anyway, I do apologise for not getting it out. Lovely to see you all in there. Vinda Blue, John Chips Chipton, of course, Benny... Who else have we got? Hazardous 17. Uh, Lucky Luke. Luke. Oh, Lucky Luke. I wonder if that's um, that's the Luke that I met on Saturday. Anyway, loads of you in there as always. Lovely to see you there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, uh, the other thing, of course, I should royally plug. Uh, Jonathan and I uh, and one of the other fan casters is always on the radio now uh, at 7 o'clock on a Friday night on Love Sport Radio uh, with this lovely chap called... Uh, called Aaron Paul, who is incredibly long-suffering and uh, tries to keep us in order. It's like herding cats. He has no chance. Uh, but it's a bit of fun. We like doing it. Seven till nine. Uh, this week, it'll be Jonathan. It'll be who we've got tonight. Jonathan, me, and the lovely Alex on Friday. Uh, what? I said boom. Boom. In- boom, yay. indeed. <laughs> yay. Thrice yay. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be us three again. Look, the best thing about this show is that, I mean, you can listen to it wherever you are in the world. You can listen to it on Medium Wave 558, on DAB. You can get, you know, if you've got a little radio player or tune-in app on your phone or your computer, you can listen to it on that. Or you can even listen to it on the computer. Just go to their website, which is lovesportradio.com. And the other thing is if you can't uh, listen to it live, you can listen to it later. So there's a catch-up thing. If you go to their website homepage... In the top right corner, it'll have a little button saying listen live. It'll have a button saying on demand. You go to the on demand one, scroll back until you find the Chelsea fan cast or the Chelsea fan show. 
listen to it whenever you like. Uh, but the best thing about it, really, as Jonathan and I are absolutely warming to, is the fact that people can phone us up live. Where Again, wherever you are in the world, you can phone up. It's brilliant. Do it on Skype if you want, then you'd have to pay for it. Well, you might do, but you know what I mean. Bottom line is, you can, get, you can phone us up and you can talk to us about anything you want and we, and we can have a chat. I love that. This, is, this, for me, is why I do it and go through the pain of having to go up to London on a Friday just to do this show so that you lot have a chance to phone us up. So bloody well phone us up. It'd be great. Um, what else can I say? I think that's about it. I think you've got all you need to know there. Um, apart from Jonathan, any words about Love Sport Radio? Uh, it's a laugh. We tend not to repeat the show. It's different stuff. Um, uh, it's because it, it's a, it, it's it's normally um, uh, it, it's on the Friday, so uh, we've got a bit more information to deal with, um, and uh, we we respond rather beautifully to the guests who are on. We've had some decent guests. We had Johnny Hollins on there the other day, and uh, and we had um, Frank Sinclair, Sinclair on as well, uh, and and some people who phoned up. It's very big. It's it's terrific to interact with people phoning because it. It, it gives a different spin on everything. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a very different show, of course, because it's interrupted by ads and uh, and Aaron Aaron having to uh, try and keep us in order. And um, the advantages of, of all three of us being there is we can uh, interrupt each other as much as we like and comment on each other, which gives it a kind of uh, humour. That uh, although present in this show is um, is different because um, we're reacting to everybody's facial expression and it's more you know it's a it's a more it's it's a normal chat as opposed to this which is very specifically um, compartmentalised due to the fact we're on Skype but uh, it's 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 like um, uh, it's like this show but in a kind of different kind of sound bites and it's really worth. I would I would love to hear some of the mix of people phone in. It would be great, great yes. to hear and come in with your your witty approaches as you do via Mixler. So guys, if there's well, they a talk, great, the thing, if you're free on a Friday, please do phone in. Um, yeah, I mean the thing is, Jonathan. I mean I I don't know if you watch the Mixler feed when we're doing this show, but I, I do, and they talk far more sense than we all do. You know, and it'd be great to hear that on the radio. Let put that yeah, bloody they, man Karen in his they place. They can take over if they want. We're not going to, you yeah. know, get precious about yeah. it and say, "Oh, you're you're chatting too much." If you want to come in and and chat to us, yeah. um, or even just make some very good points, but even uh, you know, speak as much as you like. He, he'll the only, as I said, the only problem is you'd have to go in and out of the ads because it's interesting. Since we've been doing it, they're now putting more and more ads in because uh, we I, can I, hold I, people on. We can hold people on over the ads, so that's we can't, no, two that's, minute ad break. Yeah, that's the point. As long as they're they're, they're willing to be patient and appreciate that it's got it's not uh, finite they have to have to come back again but it, it but it's a it's a, a positive that they're putting more ads in because it's becoming more popular so you know yeah. it's it's yeah. worth it so yeah aaron enjoys it too which is kind of good because he has to do one for everybody that week and uh he has said he likes ours and he likes us, so that's good. And we'll try and get him to shut up talking about. It. I know he does. He tries to get Man United in as much as he can. I think what we need Too to much. do is to get your, well, get your rattle in, Jonathan, and don't tell. I was going to say the second that he talks him. about Man U, we should have a. I'll get a klaxon out or something, or yeah, um, yeah. yeah we'll I'll find a rattle. Yeah. Rattles in a case here. We need. Somewhere. We need to do something I'll like bring, that. I'll bring it. I'll bring right, it. Every now, time he them. Good. Yeah. Good. Now, no, you need a Boobazela rap on your phone every time yeah. he's something like that. Yeah, well, you've got to be yeah. careful. He'll get cross if you play. I mean, Jonathan played a bell from his phone last week, and he was cross because basically 
there's a chance that that's been licensed or copyright written somewhere and therefore you know they get panicky about that so anyway enough 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 we need to talk about football i'm afraid we've tried to put it off for as long as we can we can't do it anymore but after this break we're going to be talking about chelsea spurs start where to start I mean geez I mean it was just I really don't I really don't know where to start I mean I, it was just the show I you know I actually bumped into Marco as I was walking out and we were just spitting we were both really cross and then I walked I walked back from the ground to the atlas which is a fair old walk uh, and I actually did. I bumped into a few mates. Uh, I, but I have to put on record now, I was not responsible for any of the aggro that kicked off outside La Reserva. I, I'd gone well past it by then. Um, but um, it was just, it was. Just, I mean, it was really interesting looking on people's faces. And I bumped into some people that I've known for a long time, really old school Chelsea fans. And we just gave each other a look. And it was just like, whew, blimey, what, what's hap- what just happened there? So it was... It was it was disbelief, it was shock, uh, and and there was a lot of anger, you know, by the time I got to the Atlas, you know, people were really angry about what they'd seen, um, and, and, and one of the things that, um, you know, I, I talked to a few of the people in the pub afterwards about really was it, it was, it was the kind of, it's the worst feeling I've had at a game, uh, leaving a game since, funnily enough, since losing to Spurs in 2008 at the League Cup final, which... I found utterly, utterly horrendous uh, for, for similar reasons, I think, the fact that they kind of threw it away. Um, so, you know, I, I have got a question in here in a minute for these two, but I just want to get what their reaction was when they walked out. Was that a similar feeling? Uh, Alex, I'm going to ask you first because ladies first. Was it Did a similar you hear feeling for you? in the background five seconds ago, Bertie walked in and just whined in pain. That's what I felt like when I walked out. Like a primal <laughs> scream. Yeah, basically, just, uh, yeah. I mean, he wants food, he doesn't give a shit about us, but um, no, it was just like, you know when you're watching the second half, you know, yesterday was the day when I just lost all will to support Antonio Conte and to keep speaking up for him and that, because I watched him do it again, I watched him, what he seems to do is his job during the week, he trains them, he picks a team, he puts it out. And it's like when he's done that, he's decided I've done my job. There's not been for weeks now any will to change tactics when it's needed, to do anything other than a like-for-like substitution. It's like, I've done my job. That's it. If this doesn't win, fuck it. there's There's no passion in him. There's no inclination to try and change a game I mean, we were 3-1 down with nearly half hour left to go and everybody's just looking round at each other going oh well that's that then that emanates from the manager for me yeah every time you go out on your mic I'm going to go toilet okay so you'll know what I mean okay does that make sense yeah so if I say toilet it means that your mic's dropped or something it, you, it sounds like you're in a toilet yeah, that was because I was feeding the cat at the same time as holding the mic. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to do that. It'll be very <laughs> weird for people listening who won't have heard this bit and not understand it that suddenly I'm randomly shouting toilet at you. But maybe that'll be quite funny. Um, well, a- Alex, I feel really. your pain. I feel your pain about a lot of that. I mean, Jonathan, how, what was your reaction? How did you feel walking out of the ground yesterday? I mean, I suppose you lot, oh. it's all right for you lot. You just wandered back upstairs and had another venison pie <laughs> and another glass of vino. And you was like, well, you know, we've seen it all before. Wait to give me another glass of wine and I'll forget all about it. It's amazing how you've got you got my got my mood exactly. That was quite <laughs> phenomenal. Um, it, it's not upstairs; it's downstairs because you go through the middle and you get into Aussie. So, Alex, you'll remember that as well. Um, well, actual fact, well, what there, happened I was I did that. I did what I normally do and I used to do when Chelsea weren't playing very well, which is going back all the years. Which is I started reading my program at three one, and um, and uh, and I thought this is just like watching Chelsea play United away where. Um, we've faded away. Um, nothing's going to happen. He's not going to change it. Uh, he doesn't seem interested. Um, surely he'll make a couple of substitutions just to change it, just to do something. No, uh, the players didn't seem to know what to do. Um, there was no um, reaction to the third goal other than one of of a kind of, uh, um, oh, well, that's that then. And so I read my programme, knowing that nothing would happen for 20 minutes. And then on 81 minutes, it, it brings Giroud on. And then as a, some kind of weird, the, 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 the last substitution, I can't remember what the middle substitution was, but the last Emerson. substitution. Uh, uh, sorry, what was that again? Sorry. Emerson, wasn't it a like for like? At That's right, Emerson, like for like. Who came on and played all right? I must admit, you thought, what on earth is that about? You know, poor old Alonso, we must get on to this, who was abused vilely by the Spurs fans. I honestly, that that really was just that constantly having the murderer chant at him and being booed was a deliberate ploy, as well as Lalana, uh, not Lalana, um, uh, what's his face, Lamella. Uh, Lamella, Lamella, kicking bits out of him. Then we'll get on to Mariner being being a completely useless fucking referee. God save us! What what does he does he see that the Stay rest on of point that's coming up we're going to do well, that in a minute I'm to try, try do the entire show in two anyway yeah, yeah no, i know i know but it's exactly just, it's the same YouTube, funny as but, hell. but yeah so the answer was that i read my program knowing that nothing would happen and he, said, and he brought on hudson adoy for three minutes what that was about whether the, you see oh, oh, can i talk about this now about the manager my or is that later chidge what do we well i'd on? like to no no jonathan i would absolutely yeah. and i know alex wants to come in but i would absolutely uh, i mean i've got something i'm gonna bring in right at the end of this part but i do i do want to talk about this because when we went to the pub, it was really funny. A lot of the, I mean, I, look, you know, most of the people I go to the games with, they're not idiots. They're not, you know, they're not, you know, nappy shitters, as Tony would call them. These are people that have been going a long time. But the sense of disillusionment with Conte was palpable. And the, 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 the thing on everybody's lips was, you know, frankly, he just looks like he doesn't want to be there. And if he doesn't want to be there, you might as well go, mate. Can you know, I just say what's as the well? point? People are saying he doesn't have the options on the bench. I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that we have a weaker Toilet, bench. Alex. I don't dispute that we have a weaker bench than some other teams, but you don't just sit there and watch your first choice team implode. You do something. If you change if you go two up front and chuck Giroud on and do something different and it doesn't work, everyone will know well, we just don't have the strong enough players. But you don't just sit there with your hands, or stand there with your hands in your pockets and just fucking ignore it happening. You're getting paid £8 million a year. Do some work. You don't just stand there and go, oh, well, I picked the best team I could and nothing is on the bench that's any better, so fuck it, I don't care. 
you have to do something. You think that all these managers going down through 90 or teams in the league don't wish most of them that they had stronger teams. But do you think they just stand there and keel over with their hands in their pockets and just go, well, I've not got the players for it. We'll just lose. No, they don't. It's just it's just coming off like a spoiled, pouty brat, and I've had yeah. enough now. Alex, Alex, it's sorry, sorry, Jonathan. Shot. Alex, hazardous, hazardous seventeen, hazardous seventeen on Mixler's just got a brilliant. I mean, basically, we could just read this out, and then you, me, and Jonathan could all go home and have an early night, which I probably <laughs> need. But he says hazardous seventeen says team isn't good enough. Conti is a pouty fuck. I mean, <laughs> there we go. I mean, that's the show, isn't it? Let's go home. But sorry, Jonathan, you're you're about to say, mate. Carry on. No, I, I think the way it's 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 coming across to me is that he's. I'm bemused actually. This is the first time that this kind of attitude and performance hasn't been dealt with with dismissal. And uh, earlier in the season, when this was becoming very evident that it wasn't working, so there's something else going on that I don't understand that he hasn't been sacked because he is clearly putting two fingers up or putting one digit up at the board. This this is entirely what this is about. And every single time he has a press conference now, he says, you finish in the position that you deserve, which is saying, fuck you to the board. Well, it's saying, but it's also me. saying, fuck you to the fans as well, which is yeah, why no, that, I no longer give a agree. damn about that's defending him. Way he has no clue. And Viali yeah. made a statement yesterday saying that uh, he'd been... Uh, this was on Italian TV saying um, he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't feel backed by them, which is exactly the same as happened in Juventus. But can I, yeah, can I just say that I had yeah. a chat with someone, Blue Squirrel style, that's, yeah. that knows what they're talking about inside the club. Yeah. And they said, if you Google Conte Juventus transfer window, all the same complaints, all the same whining. Yeah, Chelsea yeah, yeah. were told this by Juventus before he started working and they knew that this is how, if he hadn't have gone from Juventus when he did, he would have been sacked. It's just the exact same scenario playing out over again. Yeah, and my yeah. Italian football isn't that good, but that's what I've been told. And that the players are just exhausted by him. They don't hate him. It's not like, you know, when you say, although he's lost the dressing room, they don't hate him as a person. They don't dislike him, but they're exasperated and exhausted by his working methods, which are disorganised. Yes. Um, and not laid out so that they understand their own schedule. They're exhausted, they're exasperated, and I think they just want it to be over. And to be honest, I feel the same this season. Let's just run these games out and get it over with and look forward to next season. I I would never back out on my club. I'll still go to every game. But honestly, now I can entirely see where the players are coming from because I've had enough for this season as well. But I'm, I'm trying to work out why they haven't got rid of him because this is exactly what I've well, heard. I, I've got, I I've got an answer for you. I've got an Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, excuse me. Thank you. I've, I've got an I've answer worked, for you there, yeah. Jonathan. I've got an answer for you there, Jonathan, because Gab Marcotti, I missed it, actually. I didn't see it because I was out and about, but apparently on Sunday Supplement last uh, last week. And, you know, Gab, Gab Marcotti is somebody I who have the utmost respect for. I mean, I know Gab. I've worked with him. He's a, he's a very, very, very bright guy, and he's got his finger on the pulse. And he can't... I mean, this is paraphrasing what he said, but he kind of says that, you know, Conte wants to go, but he's waiting to be fired, so he gets his payoff. Yeah, of course. The club are waiting for him to walk so exactly. they can avoid paying him off. Now, if that's true, and frankly, you know, I, if, if Gab Marcotti's saying it, I reckon there is an element of truth in this. If that's true, what a ridiculous situation that is and what a pathetic way to run a football club. I, it beggars belief for me. It really does, JK. 
Well, it's about 10 million, though, isn't it? That's the trouble. More than that. It's about 15 million. I mean, not that Abramovich has ever cared because it's always having to get rid of all the all the, the baggage, the entourage that goes with it. You've got to pay their contracts up as well. So I you see wonder... the principle, I do, that they're sticking to. I don't say I agree with it, but I see the principle in that this is different to all of the other managers we've got rid of in the last 10 years. They never wanted rid of him. They were ready to support him. They were in yes. it for the long term. He's yes. the one that's gone batshit crazy. The yes. club didn't want rid of him, and the club don't want to give him the money because he doesn't fucking deserve to be paid off. And I, I see that side of it, but I know what you're saying. I'm not saying I agree with that side of it. To an extent, I do. But this is different to all the other managers we've got rid of because yes. they're shit. And, and this and, guy isn't shit. He's just being shit. I yes. don't think he'll stay in club I, management. I, 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 I'm bemused about suddenly the knives are out for the board on lots of things I've been looking up on Twitter and uh, on the on the Internet. And I really think the board have actually been treated badly by him. Yep. And, and, and it's not the business that we didn't buy properly in the summer because he was being so volatile about this and these are stories that I've had corroborated on several levels about this business so you know I started talking about that and I keep going on about it but in August he said I'm off I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore and they were then forced to they, they decided not to go ahead with the targets they got and so the final the final rush to get people was panic buys because he was then somehow still there because and they wanted to accommodate him. They wanted to do this. And he clearly you just have to look at all the I've said this before and I'll say it again. You just have to look at all the what you referenced before about Juventus, all the interviews he gave in Italian. He's a very different creature to the one we see because his English isn't very good. So it makes him measured and docile. And in reality, he's this big firebrand having a go at everybody. And, I, you know, and I, I, it seems it all dovetails beautifully for me with um, the Louise situation and the Costa situation. And, and the players, you know, bless them, have been trying their best and they're, they're, they're not just not able to deal with it. I'd like to know what's happened to Hazard. Hazard appears to have just gone into a kind of, into his shell over the last few performances. And I don't well, think... He was- will. He will, he will, though, Jonathan, won't he? Because what we do know about Hazard is he's not a confrontational guy. Yes. You know, he's actually a lovely guy. He's a happy-go-lucky, lovely human being. He loves his football. He loves his family. He's a smiler, a joker. He just wants to play football. But if he gets a manager who's a bit mad or toxic, like Mourinho could be, you know what a spiteful yes. queen Mourinho could yes, be, yes. and maybe Conte's, and that maybe that's why he's gone into his well, show. The, the Listen, I just want to wrap this. I want to wrap this part up. Just ask this yeah. question because. You know, let's not lose lose sight of the fact because you and I have had to talk about this like three days running. It's quite insane, isn't it? And now it's happened, you know. And I know you 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 perhaps won't be as bothered about it, and I, I know for a fact because you said so on Saturday. But you know, honestly, I, the, the, the 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 disappointment that I could see around me, and I had I had myself walking out and seeing great mates as well. I mean, it, it was palpable. I just want to know, first you, Jonathan, and then you, Alex, where does this defeat rank in all-time disappointments? And if, if there was a, a bigger one, then tell me what it is. Um, it's tricky for me, Chidge, because um, I, I have this kind of, uh, you know, glass-being-half-empty attitude towards watching Chelsea because I've seen them be completely abject. So... Um, uh, there's a kind of acceptance. As long as I know the reason for it happening... Uh, I, and I can't, it's not because the team is shit. I honestly think that if they were 
um, tactically organized better or more effort was being made, that lot would actually play better and would respect the traditions of the game. Um, I just feel let, I'm so let down by the manager. I, I'm like Alex. I want him. I'd like him. I want the season to end. I want him rid. I really hope that he would then, uh, you know, step up to the to the plate, as it were, and and we win every game, every league game for the rest of the season. But that's I don't think that's going to happen. And he's going to big up Southampton, who have won one game in eighteen as being one of the most important games in the world. Um, because that's clearly the way he somehow justifies himself for his CV. But um, uh, 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 for me, um, uh, having having seen them lose so many important games, um, it, it's more it's more the fact of the the appalling goading and the appalling frenzied Spurs supporter reaction just makes it all the more embarrassing i think it's because it was embarrassing as well that's that's the other aspect of it i found difficult to deal with it was it was how easily they scored and how then the gloating then appears and i can't stand the gloating i found it as bad as losing the fa cup final last year which i thought was desperately awful because then you've got all the arsenal fans gloating but in this instance because of the 28 years it's worse and worse but uh, you know, I, I, personally, having having suffered so much, you know, I mean, I, I have the, the terrible ignominy of watching Chelsea lose 5-0 to Barcelona on a screen in the Intercities Fairs Cup, <laughs> which which made me think, you know, think this at the bridge on these terrible sort of tarpaulins I don't, in black and white. I don't know how they managed to make it work, these screens, but thinking, you know, the, the pain of that, I'm about, bloody hell, I'm 12 watching it. Um, uh I, it's a t- I have a terrible acceptance that you can't win everything all the time. What you hope for, though, is particularly with Chelsea, is that um, the effort is made and because you aspire to greatness. We want our side to be great. We've seen them be great over the last few years. And this is not a great manager or a great team. And it, and it annoys me that somehow we've ended up in this situation, um, particularly when we've had the joy of watching great players over the last 15 years and uh, and this is a dip and but you I, I like the fact that we can look for reasons for it and that gives me some solace but um, uh, the team losing when they should be winning is is something that I've just got completely used to watching the Blues so I'm not the man really to ask what it relates to I as I say it's it's you know, having watched the 2008 Cup final in Moscow, that was the most, possibly the most Well, thank, thankfully, experience. thankfully, you know what, Jonathan, that, that occurred to me, that game. But you see, thankfully, I was working that night and I never saw a ball of it kicked, although I tried. I had this little Casio TV trying to squeak out <laughs> a, a, a picture while I was trying to direct, of all people, Ricky Bloody Tomlinson doing a, a live comedy set. So I've never seen the the, the Man United uh, Champions League final, and I hope I never do. I'm going to ask Alex because she she might have a. I mean, you know, where does this defeat rank in all time disappointments watching Chelsea for you, Alex? Pretty high up, but I will say that I felt slightly better when I found out that the idiots were spending twenty pound on the half and half scarves on the way out. So they went home with not only no, did they go home with half and half scarves with our name on, they. They spent double the money on them. I mean, they're usually half price by the time they leave the game. Yeah, yeah. 20 quid they were going for outside the ground and they were all over it. Bellends. But I will just say, we, yeah. we have just talked a lot about Conte, but there is, there's a big combination. For me, 
I hold him responsible for yesterday. I've had enough and I can't wait to see the back of him. I don't want him fired, but when he leaves, I won't be sorry. But there's there's a whole load of other things. There's a lack of leadership personalities on the pitch. Yeah, we're going to talk like, about that you know, in part two, Alex. Good. Good. Honestly, you two, you two are the most... I don't know whether it's a combination of you two or individually... But you are the most, and I take, don't don't take this the wrong way. But the most oh. premature ejaculators on this podcast I have ever seen, and that's kind of why I is, love you both. Chidge, it's because what? we're we're just too quick for you and too sharp and too. Oh, Alex, 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 <laughs> Alex. I told I told you before the show that I am so hungover. I think I've got gout. So I think. You know, somebody that's dead could be quicker than me. Um, listen, I'm going uh, go to go to a break and then we're going to come back. But what I am going to do at the, at the start of uh, part two, I'm going to pick up. On, there's some brilliant comments on, on Mixler. This is firing up a right old debate and argument. And, and it would be, I'm duty bound to include them in this because there's some great stuff coming in there. We'll be back in a minute and we're going to ask, amongst other things, why Chelsea seem incapable of winning a game that actually matters and, and does defeat Spurs mean that our chances of finishing the top four have disparu. We will be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. Uh, this, is, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Trampet Chidge, and I've got the lovely Jonathan Kidd and the lovely Alex Churchill with us tonight. <laughs> there we go. They're still alive, just about. Um, as I promised you a minute ago, I'm, I'm going to bring in some of the comments from Mix, Mix Allure at this stage. Um, there's so many. Where does one start? Where, is, where does one start? I mean, John Chips Chivita, I'm going to bring him in, actually, because he, 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 fair play, John, actually. He says he totally disagrees with all of us. Uh, he says, this is the bloke that we won the league with last year. Uh, he put out a good team on Sunday and collectively they lost. I mean, just to pick up on that. I mean, in a sense, that's a fair comment, John. I mean, uh, you, you know, this maybe swap the switch the argument around a bit because... I think we've all got the hump with him. I, I, th- I think, you know, I agree with you. He was a great manager last year. He did marvels last year. There is no doubt about that. But I do think he's got the hump, and I think it has translated to the players. So I do think a lot of what we have said is true. It's not just, you know, having a good old nappy shit. Um, but I do also think that if he was to go in the summer and he goes somewhere else, he'll be brilliant and he'll win again, you know, and then he'll probably fall. You know, it's a bit of a cycle with some of these managers, I think. I mean, Mourinho, of course, we, we all, you know, read the book about that one with him. I think a lot of them are like this, you know. Um, so I, I think we're both right, John. That's what I'm kind of saying. Uh, just quickly. And John also says that I've just said that, uh, that Hazard is acting like a sport. Right. I don't think I did. Um, I might have had the hunt with Conte, Hazard. Conte uh, is acting like a spoiled brat. That's what yeah, we... I think that's yeah more true. Uh, and and I agree with this. I mean, John, again, I'm sorry I'm just reading all John's out, but they are rather good. He says, I'm really getting the impression from lots that money thrown at players will solve everything. Cohesion. I, I agree with that. I don't I don't think that money just, just solves that. Uh, and one thing, last one, Patrick Rocker, the lovely Patrick Rocker, says, the thing that is beyond frustrating is the lack of transparency from the club. What is the situation with Conte? What is the situation with Hazard and Courtois? What is the plan this summer? More grade B and CX? Who will they turn to? All at the whim of one person who does not talk and who, frankly, does not seem all that interested at the moment. 
Uh, and I think he's talking about Roman there, uh, guys. And uh, I don't think Roman was there yesterday. You've got a better view than me, Jonathan, but I don't think he was, was he? He wasn't. No, he hasn't been to any of them. Um, uh, there's a worry, actually, of course, that um, uh, all Russian accounts may be frozen, in which case, uh, because of, by Theresa May, because of the... Uh, um, the incident uh, with with the, the gas recently. And um, uh, I think that's something that uh, we haven't taken into consideration. There may be something, I mean, I don't know how, he, how his money is set up. I mean, I may be talking complete rubbish and uh, that it's all ring-fenced, but um, uh, you worry that perhaps he's he's considering doing pulling out if something happens with, uh, with having all his assets frozen in England. Well... All I can say to that is that it would be quite amusing and ironic for all the Chelsea Tory voters. But uh, maybe I should not go further into that one for obvious reasons. But yeah, hey, hey, ho. Listen, it's about time I plug the Chelsea Fancast website because uh, it would be remiss of me not to do so. Uh, the wonderful Heon Carbis has uh, gathered together a, an army, an army of writers. Uh, one of whom, of course, is on the show tonight. The ever so loyal and faithful Alex, who uh, always puts a wonderful girl who likes balls uh, blog up. Uh, Alex texted me last night to say, blog up. I was into my seventh pint of Guinness and third shot at that stage, Alex. So the chances of me, you know, going into the website, my phone and to the website to uh, tweet it out were beyond remote, for which I apologise. Uh, but if you want to, yeah, it's in there, people. Go and check out blog out. It's always worth reading Alex's blogs. They are absolutely genius. But there are lots of other people too. It's fantastic. He was doing a great job. So please check them out. We always put it out on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, so they're quite easy to find. Right, um, kind of back to the football, really. I mean, the one that, one thing that we shouldn't lose sight of, guys, is that the reality is is that I, I thought, actually, the first half, I thought we were okay. I think we looked in control. I thought we were bossing it. Decent, excuse me, decent goal by uh, Maratta, another header. Uh, it was all going ever so well. I was not, I didn't feel under too much pressure at all. And I think it's a really interesting thing when you're at a football match. You go on what you feel more than anything else. And I really didn't. I felt absolutely comfortable. And then it's all my fault, really, is what I'm about to go and stay. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, of 40 minutes, I thought, I'm really hungry. I'm really hungover from the, the day before. And I'm really hungry. And I really need to have a piss. It's, it's, this is good. We're okay. We're in control here. I'm not worried. They'll, they'll see out the half. It's not a problem. I'll go for a pee. Go and get a pie. And lo and behold, Ericsson uh, scores a goal. Uh, which completely changed the match, in my view. I mean, the first thing is, I thought Moses was a bit of a dick, not trying to, you know, trying to chip somebody to clear the ball. But I don't think the blame entirely lays at his door. I think it was a collective brain fart by the lot of them. I mean, but the thing I don't understand, Jonathan, is why didn't Caballero jump? Yes, it looked um, from my angle as if it was just a wonderful shot. And then you see it, uh, you saw it on television last night, and it seemed to be hit straight at him. Um, and he just sank to the ground and looked into the corner of the net. Uh, and I suddenly thought, uh-oh, uh, where's Clayton when you need him? Clayton would have gone, oh, my God, look at that, he's shit. Um, uh, perhaps not using those words, but uh, but yeah, yeah. But I was just um, embarrassing, wasn't it? Um, I mean, he meant well, Moses. He was attempting to chip the ball over, um, who was at Davis's head, to give it to William, who was unmarked, but, of course, didn't chip it hard enough. And... Uh, and you've got to give Ali credit for actually keeping the ball in from because the ball was going out. And it's weird how those little moments can create a goal, because if he hadn't made an effort to keep the ball in, giving the ball away to Moses, you know, he ran at it and just 
to stop it from going up for a throw. Moses would never have attempted the chip and the ball would never have ended up at um, um, Ericsson's feet. But uh, this inability to close uh, to close him down was, was, I thought, tactically very inept from us. We just seemed to be um, standing off too much and playing too deep. I mean, my, my fear of all of this is that it just seems to be the same pattern as you play very well for the first half, uh, like Mourinho. Mourinho made a couple of tactical changes and lo and behold, we couldn't play anymore. And I thought that was what Conte was terribly good at, was tactics. Um, uh, and in the same way, Ericsson had been, uh, I think they mentioned this on, on Match of the Day, Ericsson had been um, much more further forward and he suddenly started playing further back and he got the ball more and he started dictating the game. And we seemed to be incapable of dealing with it because Conte did nothing. And I, I don't know whether um, I got the impression last year when he was at his genius best that he was terribly good at, at reacting to other people's tactical moments. And this is what this is what makes me bemused by what on earth is going on, because uh, as we've said already twice, all of us have said tactically, he seems to he just seemed to give up after we would played, as you say, we played very well in the first half. Um but I mean, I felt I felt that you know there are decent side Spurs, uh, and we seem to be playing the same thing again, which is trying to get them on the break. And and uh, he goes on Conti about how uh, even actually um, Alonso did it at the end of the game. He said, "I thought we we we're just unlucky. We don't seem to be hitting the target enough with shots." And he said it was down to bad luck. And I kept thinking, well, it's because they what's happening? Are they snatching at shots? And not they're not they're not scoring. Um, spectacular goals in the way that they scored them last year, whereas opposition seems to do so. Um, and once again, is that a training thing that's going on? Because we do have enough chances. If you looked at all the, the the attempts on goal, I think we had 14 to their 12, except we didn't trouble Lloris in the same way as... Um, mm. uh, as uh, well, actually, saying that, they, they didn't have many shots on goal either. They just seemed to, no, to score no. better. And because they because they were they were obviously well the second goal was a brilliant moment wasn't it Dyer spotted um, Ali and he brought the ball down well and he scored you know that was like a great goal but uh, we then didn't we didn't react we didn't immediately um, make put more pressure on them they they got the next goal within three minutes and it was just a, a, a the usual kind of of idiocy on the line it was the ball should have been cleared well let, let, let's, let's let, alex cleared. alex let's talk about that because i mean you know that I, I, this is something we were talking about in the pub pablo was pretty steamed up about this because all, all three goals were poor goals to concede i thought i mean i take your point jonathan it was a really good pass to ali and he put it away very well for that first one but i mean you there was, go with your runner yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, is Christensen, is, is, yeah, I mean, ben, Benny, Benny, Benji Toe has said it's worrying that Christensen has been at fault for so many goals. I mean, there was a lot of talk in the pub. I didn't really see it. That's kind of what I'm fessing up to. But I mean, there was a, there was a hint that Christensen might have been at fault for the second. And I think the third was Keystone Cops. I mean, what an all, what an, I mean, you were down there. You're in the shed end. Tell me what happened, Alex. Oh, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's just like, smack it, smack it away. But I have to say, I don't hold, I don't think I really hold Caballero responsible for any of them. We're behind, I was behind Ericsson and in line with him when he hit that. And it looked like it was going way over when it left his foot. And I think that's what Caballero thought, but it just seemed to drop like a fucking stone. I mean, you're sitting there watching it rise and rise in the shed and then suddenly it's dipped in under the, crossbar it's like I, I had no idea how it happened it was a they didn't have one shot on target before that not one they had like mm. literally achieved nothing and 
all we did was concede an admittedly really good goal. And what was so frustrating for me is that didn't have to mean anything. You just had to come out after half time and just go on as you had been doing because they had they had manufactured next to nothing in the first 45 minutes. And that's why it's so frustrating. And we frustrating. defended really well too, yeah. Alex. I thought and we defended so really well first half. We just folded like fucking jellyfish yeah. in the second half. But I don't think I don't think you can say anything about Caballero for the second one. I think you've, you've got to go with the runner. I I thought at the time I can't bring myself to watch any replays. Watching it live and at the time I thought Christensen was probably at fault, but I'll I'll hold my hands up if I'm wrong. And the third one, I just what the what the <laughs> fuck was that? That just like it was like pinball at their feet, and yeah. it's I mean, for six figure salaries a week. Why are you just sticking your foot out and hoping for the best? Just fucking charge it over the line out for a corner. Do anything to get rid of it. And then of all people it falls to that little wanker and he's got two and oh that would, it hurt. It was, uh, Alex, is uh, is there a more is there a more snide player playing at the moment no, than Deli Alley? No. It took him forty nine seconds to start whinging and some uh, there was there was a dive on fifty one minutes as well that was bookable. He's just he's a vile little fuckbag, and I hate him. And that's probably the nicest <laughs> thing you will ever hear me say about him. But bear in oh. mind that I hate for Tonga more. Yeah, Jonathan. <laughs> um, you know we've got to we've got to talk about Mariner. I mean, I think I actually saw saw you tweet out you were rageful about him, but. From what I understand, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard in the in the cut and thrust of the game to really know what happened. But uh, I know I know that Keith Hackett came out and said he reckons he missed two red cards. I'm presuming it's for that nasty challenge by that nasty snide, another nasty. Why is it all Tottenham players are snide, but Lamella on Fabregas? And I, I think it was Vertonghen on Hazard. I could be wrong about that. Fabregas yeah. and, and yeah. Hazard both yeah. got yeah, both of them got kicked what, nastily. What was so and ridiculous. Keith Hackett reckons them. they should have been they should have been sent off. Yeah, but both of them were were. Uh... Were, were illegal tackles. They were they were serious foul play, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. What was so awful about the second one, uh, the Vertonghen one, was the referee was about four yards away, and he did that and he thing. He ignored of, it. Let play yeah, go no, on. You know, he, he did that thing of you know putting his hands out and doing a, a wiping motion as if to say, no, that definitely wasn't a foul. Well, for fuck's sake! He then he had to go back and admit that Hazard was injured. He because he, he tried to yeah, ignore yeah. it as if somehow he was he was he was faking it. And was that the second half? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the point where we were screaming about his total Ill- inability to notice um, persistent fouling. Yeah, yeah, one but, player. So you've got someone like Michael Oliver who will do what he did when we had United at the bridge because Herrera, yeah. you've got a fucking warning and then you're off and you get this idiot who's, I lost count of how many times Hazard went down and I don't think he died for any of them. To be honest, I think Morata went down under fouls two or three times and he just kind of waved him off as well when I don't don't know how you figure that it wasn't a foul it was like we got one in every three but then my thing about mariner is he can never ever ever be neutral he's always got a favorite one team is and I, on occasion it has been us and i've laughed my head off but he will always seem to be back in one team and it just drives me mad because as a top flight referee you can't do it well my my, my despair is with the uh, um the linesman who just dobby you know, we both both of them they just you just think i'm sure the bald one was the guy i was referring into the blog for one of the away games really recently as dobby who was yes. fucking hopeless yeah. and it was him again because no one else has got a head shape well, he, like he that worries me that um he's got the kind of personality mar- mariner that just makes me think that he's said to them 
look, I don't really want you flagging for anything. Just no, he's definitely one that is, he doesn't want the assistance, does he? If he, no, if he, he doesn't. He just it, that it, he, and he swaggers yeah. about the pitch and he just looks as if, you know, I know what I'm doing. You don't know anything. Oh, no, no, no. It's always that approach. No, no, no. Ah. Like and he's always chatting to them. He's always chatting to the players. And in fact, the person next to me said, what is he talking to them about then? I said, well, he, he's that kind of ref who wants to be their pal in some like way. Blackbird. Yeah, it's that kind of, you know, I'm happy to discuss stuff with you. And Ali would not stop chatting to him. I mean, about what? I don't know. Whether it distracts, uh, well, God, but you should just tell him to shut up. You say, you say, what What are you talking? I'm not interested in talking to you. But whether he wants to be their mates or he's explaining, oh, God knows. But he has. I that think a lot of, of it is. But I don't know if you noticed that he was blowing out of his ass by the fortieth minute. He was yes. absolutely wasted. And I don't know. I've seen it with Phil Dowd used to do it. The constant conversations and chatting and stopping to have a word is to get his breath back. Yes, it's like a deflective thing. Isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. But those two, um, uh, those two tackles were so obviously. Big fouls, and to miss them, it's just completely ludicrous. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was bad, but I said it was so obvious that, that uh, Lamella was just fouling. Every, he was specifically on Alonso, because they this big big thing on Twitter was being built up by Spurs about what a good player Alonso was and how do you stop him playing. Well, they stopped him playing by abusing him and booing him every single time he got the ball, and Lamella kicking him every single time he got the ball. Now, it's pretty obvious to me, if a player constantly fouls somebody, as a as an official, you should be noticing it. If he's, you know, it happens three or four times, he seemed intent on not wanting to give any yellow cards at all in the first half. And I kept thinking, well, that was a yellow card. Lamella's pulled his, he's pulled his shirt. What's what's going on there? Why hasn't he given a yellow card? And then when he stepped on, on uh um, Fabregas, I thought this is just absurd. This refereeing is—he's—he's he's so keen not to give yellow cards and keep the game going that he's missing the most obvious foul play. It, he was absolutely useless. I said two things about him in the blog. One was that where we see footballers running around on a green pitch, he sees that montage from Dumbo with all the tripping out <laughs> acid elephants. And secondly, yes, he's shit. I hate him, and he shouldn't be in the job in the Premier League but we were more incompetent in the second half at time. For those four minutes where Ali scored the two goals yeah. are what cost us that game. He didn't cost us the game. He just wound me up some more. I think it's not a coincidence that uh, there is no British representative at the World Club. Oh, Cup, no. Cup Absolutely not. The 99 referees they've got, and not one of them is British. It just speaks volumes, doesn't it, really, for their standard of referee. <laughs> All right, I just want to move this on a bit. I, that's fast. By the way, I, I hadn't buggered off, gone to sleep, got bored. You might have wondered, where is Chidge? No, I was actually generally really interested in what you two were saying, actually. It's I assumed you'd fucking discussion. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm very much alive, Alex Churchill. It takes more than four no. days on the booze and Chelsea that. losing to Spurs to knock me out, mate. <laughs> uh, listen, um, I just wanted to get into... I miss you, Alex. It's been far too long. I need to drink gin with you. How many times? I'm drinking gin die. now. That's why there's so many fucks in everything I, I say. Yeah, I well, thought. I thought. Try and try and moderate it a little bit for our more sensitive listeners, hey, please. But anyway, whatever. You. I can beat you. I've got a lem sip. <laughs> Has it got gin in it? Well, there we go. Oh. It's it's probably probably served on a silver platter, knowing you, Jonathan. Right, listen. I want to talk about. Uh, really the nuts and bolts of all of this in terms of the ramifications of it. Because, I mean, 
you know, it seems to me that every time we've had a, a big game against somebody that we really hate, we muck it up. I mean, Barcelona, that was a trouncing. Uh, Man United, City, now uh, Arsenal again, uh, and, and, now, and now Spurs. And I mean, we've got Liverpool coming up. God help us with that. I mean, I shall be suicidal if they, if we lose to them and Spurs. And of course, we've got West Ham next week, who are in desperate trouble of relegation. Sod's Law says they'll turn up for their one game a season and do us over. So it's really kind of very worrying. I mean, I think the first thing I want to, wanted to talk about, a lot of, again, a lot of people after the match, uh, amazed that I can remember so much after the match, considering what I was up to, but there you go. But I remember a lot of the talk being very much that heads dropped after 3-1, and it really looked like there was no way we were coming back in. And, and and that kind of, you know, there are two things about this. One, why didn't Conte change things earlier? I think most people were staggered by that. But the other thing is it, it just speaks of that lack of fight and lack of leadership. One thing I said, funny enough, as I was coming out of the of gate, th- uh, gate 17 with Marco yesterday, uh, very angry at the time. But the thing is, in those 28 years, I've seen a lot of Chelsea teams with a tenth of the talent of the players that we've got playing for us uh, yesterday. You know, not a good team. You know, mid-table teams. And yet they pulled out everything they could to beat or, or not lose to Tottenham because there was something about them. They got how important it was for us and they didn't want to let us down. And, you know, if you want the difference between the team of yesterday, all those talented players, and some of the teams have played players like David Lee, bless his heart, in them and... Uh, and even Tony Cascarino scored a goal to equalise so he didn't lose against them. You know, the one the difference between those those two teams is that the ones that were rubbish had bollocks, mate. They have minerals, you know. And I don't think they're they don't think this is not a team that has balls, basically. Is 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 you know, if you can conflate all of what I've said, Jonathan, am I, you know, hitting the mark here? Well, I think we sort of talk, we've talked about it, haven't we, Chidge, about the fact that they, they... They can't seem to raise their game um, when they're tactically outmaneuvered. And uh, um, I'm sorry to keep going back on about, about it, but I, I I don't think it's down to them. I think it's down to the manager um, tactically arranging them properly. Um, uh, you know, we were being overrun in midfield, so therefore he should have brought drink water on. It was pretty obvious, and yet he didn't. Um, just he just say carried as well on. that at no point did Spurs' defence, their central defence look anything other than potentially vulnerable when we were really going at them they never it wasn't like you know sometimes when you play some of these teams that just have the big bastards at the back and they just stop everything it didn't look like they were going to do that in my head why would you not have given Giroud 20 minutes with Morata up front and just just hassle the crap out of them because I honestly don't think they they were the kind of yeah he didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't change it. You know, he, he didn't change it till the 80th minute, and by then, uh, yeah. But Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I do agree to a certain extent. But ultimately, you know, I, I you know, I think all of us would agree that we think. I mean, you know, we were looking over after the third goal went in. So who are you bringing on then? Sort it out. But at the end of the day, whilst a lot of that is true, Conte isn't on the pitch kicking the ball. You know, you still have to have players who have the wherewithal, the leadership, the the cojones, 
you know, to step it up and say, come on, let's pull together and do something. And again, one of the chats in the pub last night and a few of my, my mates on Twitter were saying, at least in the old days, in the shit teams, if they were going to go down, they'd go down fighting and they'd kick lumps out of Spurs. You know, but there was none of that. You know, there was the usual giving each other hugs at the end, you know, like it didn't matter. It matters to us. Bloody go out there and do it for us. Conte yeah, no, can't, can't kick the ball on the pitch. I it's never missed Michael Ballack so much as yesterday when that diving little shitbag was mocking the West Stand after he scored. Because I thought, if you'd have done that with Ballack or Terry or Ivanovic on the pitch, you would have left the fucking pitch in a neck brace and I would have laughed my head off. <laughs> oh, quality, and it just, quality, you just quality. knew that nothing was going to happen. But for a start, is that not bookable? JK, when you're mocking the crowd no. like that, isn't it inciting? Is it not the same as when you jump well, into the crowd? It should have a word. The referee should have a word. Absolutely. Yeah. Marin yeah. was smiling. Yeah. Could see him. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Every time he scores, he goes up to the fans and does that. When Vardy does it all the time as well, doesn't he? It's a. Uh, it's something that they need to be consistent about. As yeah, all. but with Vardy, I look at him and I think, whatever, you're going to be working in a chippy five years after you've retired. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Whereas when it's Deli Alley, I just want someone to stamp on his face after he does it. Do you know what I was most upset about last night in the pub? Martin Wickham started singing the song about Deli Alley after he was, uh, you know, found getting noshed off in, and the picture came in the paper and, he, and he's got lots of pubes. And there's a really funny song uh, written about it, and I and I all through the match when he was doing that, I I was just thinking, I wish I could remember those words, and I'd start that song, and then I walked into the pub, and Martin came out with it straight away. Typical. Did you hear the um the Ericsson song they've got is to the tune of Agadu? What the fuck? Like seriously, that that was in the top ten the last time they won at Stamford Bridge, no and way. it wasn't cool then either. But yeah, Agadu they yeah. sing too for Ericsson. Listen, I've got a, I've got a slightly different view actually on what Dali Ali did. I just hate Dali Ali, period. Yeah. And I wish nothing but bad <laughs> upon him. But I have to say, I, I I I've always believed that you know, look, we do it. Our job there as supporters is to give them absolute, complete, and utter grief for ninety minutes, no holds barred, no quarter. So therefore, if they turn around and give it to us, I think fair play. You know, I really do. I think if you can't if you can't take it, don't give it out. And I think it works both ways. And I mean, the the example I I will give, you know, and I'm not a United or a Liverpool fan, obviously, but I I loved Gary Neville, for example, going up to the to the cop and absolutely giving it to them. I think that's what football's all about. I, I, no. really, I, don't, I would hate to see a player... This, I mean, you can't have them diving in and having a ruck with them like Eric Cantona did, although I actually didn't have a problem with that, actually. But, you know, I really don't think they should get uh, reprimanded for that. I think fair I play. Do. They get stick. They, they get stick. They get stick from us. We have to take it when they get one on us. I think that's how it should be. No, no, no. I reckon I, I pay to be able to give Deli Ali grief. So I, I've paid for it so he can take it. He gets paid to be the better person. Every other, they're all expected to just take <laughs> That's shit. morally hypocritical in an I don't care. way. He, he banks six <laughs> figures a week. I don't give a shit if, he, if his feelings are hurt in money? the process. Everything. Well, well, I don't think it's. He goes home to a mansion and a sports car and a girlfriend with fake tits. He can soak up yeah. being abused a bit. I have you to could pay play around the other in, way with Alonso. So I mean, I know, I know what, I know what they were saying about Alonso, and I think it's awful. And I agree with what Jonathan's saying. No, but, you know, if I'm Alonso, if I'm Alonso, I, I play a brilliant game, and I think actually he did. I think the only reason he was taken off because he was knackered. Yeah. And then he goes home to his beautiful house with his beautiful wife, and he plays professional football, which none of those fat fucks in the Tottenham end would ever do. And that's how I would go home. No, but I, I agree. Think, and as you know, far if, as Alonso, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you can't take it, don't give it out. As far as Alonso is concerned, as well. 
I've got no problem because yeah, exactly the same. I don't I don't hold that view for just opposition players. He goes home like you say. He's got everything. Fuck it. But it does make me laugh that the only reason that he, they hate him like they do is because he made them look like chumps, and that makes me smile. Mm. It's got right. nothing to you know, do Dean with Mears, anything. The that wonderful. Happened. The legendary, background. the legendary, the legendary D- Dean Mears, <laughs> Dean Mears, CFC UK, who actually, I have to say, Dean gets a gold star this week because he did phone in the uh, Love Sport radio show, yeah, didn't he, great. Good for him. But Dean, Dean, he, yeah, and he was good, wasn't he? Dean yeah. has, has nailed this. He says, I don't mind Ali giving it, but only if someone two, fits, two foots him afterwards. I That's can't funny. argue with that, Dean. I'm going to move this on. Um, really, we should really talk about, oh, God, I don't want to talk. I mean, look, the bottom line is... Ugh, Jonathan, do you think top four's gone? I mean, I know I don't think you thought we were going to do it anyway, did you? I mean, I still clung to that, but uh, do you do you think top four's gone? I don't know. I just I thought I mean, we're eight, point, eight he, points behind them now. I thought that he might just um, pull something out of the bag, but he's he's so mm. tentative whenever he speaks about the team and keeps saying this line about you get the position you deserve, which makes me think he's given up. I think he's given up with the league, and I, I expect us to dribble into uh, the Europa League. Um, uh, by the end of the season, and uh, you know, I think we'll we'll beat Southampton easily. We'll we ought to beat them, but he'll find an excuse if we don't beat them and blame um, the lack of players and the bench. I just think he's got so many excuses at the moment that, I, and because his heart's not in it, he's not committing to making them to helping them play better. He's not. I mean, I'll go on about it. The ludicrousness of of not subbing until the 81st minute. So you've got this period of sort of 15 minutes of nothing happening um, when the heads have clearly gone down and they're just Tottenham are dominating. It was just as it was with, with, I keep going on about it, with the old Trafford game. You just think, come on, you're not really interested. Are you making a point to the board? Are you deliberately wanting to get sacked? So that consequently you'll be given an enormous payout. Do you are that board hoping you'll resign? All these these thoughts I think are, are that I have about it. I think are, are and as you said about uh, Gabriel, what's his name had it? Marcotti had it. I think I think it's right. It's coming across like that to me. Um, uh, I, I I find it so uh, um, it's so disheartening. I think we're gonna I, we're, we're gonna just not. We'll, we'll lose to Liverpool, we'll possibly beat West Ham, but I could see the season just completely unravelling because he's not interested anymore. I think, um, I think you're right. I think if we're going to... Someone's just said, can we win seven in a row? Of course we can, if you look at those fixtures. We can do that. But I honestly think that the players will have to do it on their own because the manager no longer gives a shit. And these aren't like years gone by where our team basically managed itself because you had leaders like Terry and Lampard and Balak in there. I don't think... I think... Cahill's too quiet. I think Azpilicueta's lovely and I think he tries and he does try and G everybody up, but he's not the dominant personality that we've had. We've been spoilt with them for the last decade and a half and they've got to do it without a manager and I just I just don't think so. I think a lot of it is going to come down to players not wanting them. They, obviously, they want to go to the World Cup, but they don't want to get injured before the World Cup either, do they? I just, I don't know. Yeah, that may be clicking in already. Uh, I, I, I left the ground at the same time as Aspiliqueta came out of the reception area, and he's a sweet man in wearing a black roll neck and a little backpack. Yeah, and he's he, lovely. He's lovely. Walked along, and I thought, "You're a very ordinary bloke." If this was yes. a different era, man, like Balak, or even going back further to my youth, Ron Yates, 
a big centre-half for Liverpool would be strutting his way back to the coach, strutting yeah. his way to the car with a kind of, look at me, I've just played 90 minutes for Liverpool and we beat you. And he's wearing the armband because he's a lovely man with an impeccable work yes. ethic who is yes. twice the player we ever thought he'd be when we bought him. And I don't say that he, right now he deserves to wear the armband. He does, but he is not a Balak or a Terry or a Lampard no. or even an Ivanovic. He just, we had several uh, national captains in our team at once for years and I think, it shows... we, I think we need I think we need I think the team generally needs at least two ballots at the moment <laughs> I'd settle for one oh, are you making a, a slightly sexual comment there I did Jonathan and, and I'm delighted that uh, rather than the usual tumbleweed that I get from my guests who are no longer my favorite guests Alex who is absolutely my favorite guest laughed almost immediately and yes. and, and bought in Hitler's one ball as well for an extra punchline <laughs> Hitler is only got oh, right. one ball <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> listen listen wait uh I, I mean look yeah okay Here's the thing, you know, I wrote an article, bizarrely, it just makes you think what a nightmare it is having to write articles every week because you, you seem to get made to look a complete dickhead as soon as you've written it, but there you go. Um, if, if one assumes that top four has gone, um, there, is a, there is a real knock-on effect for that. I mean, I've got to be honest, I, I really, you know, personally, I don't really care. I, you know, basically for me, it's finishing first or nothing. You know, you win a Premier League trophy, you remember, you remember it forever, you come. Nobody remembers if you come second, third, or fourth. It's nothing, um, unless you're an Arsenal fan who wore themselves trophies for it. Um, so I don't really care. I really don't care. But I know that it is important, and, I'm, and I would not. I would not be naive enough to 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 say otherwise. So, not finishing in the top four is going to have a huge effect on the future of the club. You know, they get less money. They won't be in the Champions League, which is a big earner. Um, it's also going to have a huge saw. effect on. Pl- well, yeah, hang on, just bear with me. Yeah, it's going to have a huge effect on the player signings, but also keeping players, I would suspect. And also it's going to have an impact on who they sign as a manager, I would affect, Alex. So, you know, is it? I mean, is, this could be a real bummer if we don't make the top four. It could have a massive impact on, on, on what happens in the summer, do you not think? I do. You know, you were talking about lack of transparency from the club and sort of the key issues that, that we mm. don't know anything about. I'll give you Blue Squirrel, which is fairly certain for the first two is that Conte is gone Courtois is not gone when 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 though when when it when, when Conte is season. gone when end of the season not not now not next no. week end of the season yeah heard nothing to suggest they'll even consider firing him before the end of the season Courtois is not gone um and Hazard still up in the air he's not opposed to staying the thing about Hazard is he specifically wants to pay for Zidane at Real Madrid and if that equation isn't there it's not that he hates he doesn't doesn't want to leave us he just he's got other things he wants to experience as a player but if the main thing that he wants he's not going to move for the sake of it is what I'm trying to say he's not going to move just for the sake of it he's got a very definite and definite idea about what he wants to do next and if that isn't an option but if we're not in the champions that i think that's the it's going to affect hazard i think the most if we're not in the champions league next season because i don't think the decision's made yet well are you sure because you know we we know we know for a start that hazard came to the club because we won the champions league so clearly for the greatest players in the world they need to be playing in the champions league so 
I, I, I wonder whether, you know, that is important to Hazard. Uh, Matt Law's just put an interesting article out. And, you know, he's usually, I think, the guy that t- kind of gets fed a lot of stuff from Chelsea. Uh, allegedly, Matt, if you're listening, because I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but he actually makes a really good point. It's not just Courtois and Hazard that uh, the futures are uncertain about. And he lists them here. Fabregas, Rodriguez, or Pedro, as we know him and love him. Gary Cahill, David Luiz, uh, Giroud. They'll all have one year remaining on their contracts with the club. Uh, and the club is so far unwilling to offer any more than 12 months extensions to players age 30. We've still got decisions to make on Batshuayi and Zuma. Obviously, then there's the manager, because clearly Conte's not going to be there. I think we all know that Conte's not going to be there not next a season. So it's a ma- it's you know, we, the, I think the, the point is, is that, you know, we might lose some players that we don't want to lose, and we are going to ship out a lot of players that we will be quite happy to ship out, but we've then got to replace them. You know, and if we're not in the Champions League, we're not going to get the best players, are we, Jonathan? Well, yeah, we don't know what's occurring behind the scenes. Perhaps this, um, uh, you know, I've gone on, on about this before. Perhaps the um, the success of the youth will finally be rewarded by a manager who isn't instinctively trying to play defensively. Um, I think you've you've got to buy smart, haven't you? Like if you yeah. don't. If you tried to buy Kante now when you weren't in the Champions League, not a fucking chance. We managed it because he was looking to make the step up from Leicester. He wanted regular European football. If you can find those players where it's still in their best interests and you're still offering them better than what they've got now and you get an amazing buy like that, then it's possible. But it's it's a hell of a lot tougher than being in the Champions League and offering them the world instantly. But I still think Chelsea has clout, regardless of whether they're in the... If they're in the Europa League, you'll still get a lot of people interested. You might get hungrier players interested. And I, 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 I haven't given up on drink water. When drink water and Kante played together, not under such a... Uh, a stricture. I think he's been playing to orders all the time, Drinkwater. Remember, he never had a pre-season either. Drinkwater was fantastic playing with Kante. And we've we've yet to see any of that at all. And if if it was a slightly more streamed down, less stellar team with all these players gone, and this was an opportunity and an opportunity to actually bring in some of the better players from from uh, from the youth and give them a go if this is if this is what Abramovich um, is after because Abramovich hasn't been there. So whether Abramovich is just fed up with it all and wants something new to happen under a new, um, uh, I don't know what what the, who the manager would be. Is he going to go for another stellar um, European manager or perhaps a, a, a stellar European manager that he gives a um, a brief to this time? Um, because Conte clearly clearly wanted to play the way he wanted to play with great success in the first year, as we know, but. Um, the brief that the give the club gives the managers is not hard. Top four quarterfinals or last last. I mean, obviously last sixteen we got Barcelona. You could probably accept quarterfinals of the Champions League and top four is what they're asking of a manager. Yeah, well, it, the the business plan is they they you know they. I, mean, I don't know where the business plan fits in the setup at the moment because this is going against it, not getting further in the Champions League. Whether they're going to have to slim it down, and I just like to correct correct something i've just looked at something on mixler um abramovich there, there isn't a money issue here um the ground isn't forcing them not to buy players uh the ground is he can afford to pay for the ground his divorce hasn't got in the way of abramovich spending money these are all just strange rumors and i don't know where they're what the where they've come from because they're not relevant 
He, no. He's just trying to run it as a business at the moment, and it's not working for him. But he's also very practical. If he thinks actually it's not working this way, I must do something about the fact that the youth team is winning everything all over Europe. He will have a go at doing it. I don't think they're as naive as everybody says they are. They're all saying there isn't anybody football there. Well, I think there will be ultimately. I just don't think the timing has been right. I think Conte has really thrown an enormous spanner in the works by by throwing his, his toys under the pram um, in August when he complained about everything that was happening and said he Before wanted to, August. to leave. Before August, absolutely. July, absolutely. I mean, that's the reason they weren't signing the players that absolutely. he was to demand and spending shitloads of money because they still had no guarantee that he was going to be with us absolutely. at the beginning that's of this so season. Difficult for them. Absolutely. That's exactly the story that I've had corroborated, I would say, about by 10 different people, Same. all of whom I've trusted completely, who are... Uh, you know, aren't, aren't idiots? They're not some bloke I've met in the pub who's got a dog who happens to know um, know somebody who works at the club. You know, it's not. These are these are people who've come up with these things independently and said the club isn't working well at the moment because of the manager. The manager wants to leave, and it's thrown everything up in the air. And I'm sorry that well, here's the thing. It, 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 sorry, Jonathan. Here's here's the thing with that, uh, and I, I actually agree with you. I really, really do. Um, but what I would say is that there's something I hadn't really thought of until just now while you were talking about that is that maybe, maybe they can, uh, you know, maybe we are actually the kind of club because we have enough money to be able to let's say, you know what, okay, it's all screwed up this season, write it off and we'll go again. But the thing about that is what, what I really, and I've written about this time of memorial, we've spoken about it on this show week after week, what I don't want to see is for just another manager to come in and then it, it just it complete upheaval. Everything gets thrown out with the bathwater and then in two years we're back at the same place. I think something systemically has to change and I really do think that that I means... I think it already that did we need to get. Hang on, I haven't finished yet. We need to get somebody in that boardroom who can look after the football side of things so that we can plan and get a manager in who can work with that guy and think longer term so that we don't have to throw it all up, rip it up every two years and start again. Because I think ultimately what will happen is that we will come a cropper if we do that. Sorry, had, Alex, go on. They had no, they, they did that. They did that when they signed Conte on board. That's what they wanted to do. They were ready to and give him the time. Wrong. Yeah, and it's gone wrong. And it's not gone wrong because the club have utterly failed him. The club have had difficulties with signings. They've had difficulties with how... The, the problem is, if you're not sure your manager is going to stay, you're not going to spend a shitload of money on him because to get another well, don't manager give the to power, come and do don't the give, job... Don't give, the power, don't give the power to the manager then. Work, work in the new world, a different time. I mean, that's what you know, they did. I know, you're a bit, I, I know you're a bit younger than me, but you know, it, me and Jonathan grew up with the managers being all powerful and I would have always applauded and wanted that, but I'm beginning to change my mind. I think the fact of the matter is managers are hired guns they come in they're gone in two years i mean in our, our our case history at chelsea is ever since roman's been in power uh we've our managers have lasted on average a season and a half but chelsea so they're not here long only... enough so you hang on you need you need continuity you need something to come from within the club and don't give the managers all the power because they bugger off after a year and a half and you have to start again. But that's he the doesn't point have I'm the making. power. That's the point I'm making. They took that power away from him when he started giving it that, I don't know if I'm going yeah, to be but they there had and nothing, I don't know if they I'm had nothing. They had nothing to replace it. That's they the point. No so they took the power away from him. He pulled they took the, the power out away in from the middle him of and the no, summer. You just, I'll just mute you. There you go. He, they took the power away from him, yes, but there was nobody in the club who could instill... Uh, football knowledge 
to make the difference when it counted. And that's the problem. You're going to let me right? finish anything. Yeah. He pulled the rug out from under them. In the middle of the summer, he won the league. Everything was fine and dandy. And then suddenly he's not sure he wants to be there. And it's all over the press. They have no time to put anything else in. So what they've done is lock down. And he's not, he, they have taken the power away from him. Because he made it clear that he wasn't even sure he was going to hang around. This whole season yeah. right. has been about Chelsea trying to patch over that fact. They were ready to give yeah. this guy as many years as he wanted to stay. They've showed no inclination to sack him. They've given him far more leeway than any other manager has had for the last for any of the Abramovich thing. And, and it's his, bitten them, and it's come back to bite them on the has, face. Yeah. It has. It's like Jonathan. Just and that's said, what I'm saying. Going forward, spanner in the world. Going forward, going forward, ensure against that. Have a really good, world-class, respected director of football. They control the football in the club. Manager gets hired in to do that guy's bidding. If they bugger off, the plan stays on track. I, I agree we couldn't have done it this season, and I agree that it's all screwed up, exactly what you said. But I'm talking about going forward, and that's what I mean by systemically changing it. Because, you know, whilst it's been very successful for us, and there's no, you can't deny that, in, you know, 15 years we've had 10 managers and we've won 15 trophies. You can't deny that it's been a success, but I have a suspicion that going forward, unless they make that systemic change, it might not be. Plus the fact that the landscape's changed. We're now competing against... Three or four, five, six, you know, uh, four, at least three or four clubs in the in the Premier League. And, of course, you know, you've got PSG, you've got a lot of the other European sides are coming back into it too. So it's a lot harder to compete than it was. Well, there are so only I think as unless well, they do change it. There are only as well two or three managers on the entire planet to, that can, that actually are in a position to say, buy me him, buy me him, I want him. And that's Guardiola, that's whoever is at PSG. And they're funded by countries. They can do that. Yeah. Everybody else has got to find yeah, a more exactly. realistic model to work from. Exactly. And that's I agree with yeah. you completely. Not only have we got to sort our playing staff out this summer, we have to ensure yeah. it. Because if we're going to put faith in another guy like we did with Conte and he's going to go batshit crazy, there needs to be a backup, which there wasn't. And Mourinho. And Mourinho, same thing happened there. I mean, I, mean, let, I don't want to get into this because we really need to move on, but... You know, Mourinho, the idea that he was going to be there for a long time, and he undermined everything that the board had been working on by buying some great players like Kevin De Bruyne, like Salah. I mean, I know it's easy to say with 2020 hindsight because I, I was there with you guys and I watched them play for Chelsea and they looked absolute dog shit. So you could understand why they were got rid of. But maybe if the manager didn't have quite as much power as Mourinho no. clearly did, maybe somebody would have said, you know what, fuck you, we're going to keep them. But De Bruyne right? so was his whipping boy just like Luke Shaw is now. He yep, just didn't absolutely. like, just like he didn't like Casillas, just like he didn't like De Bruyne, and that's cost us. Salah, I don't think so much because he was just awful whenever we watched him. He was young, and he's become obviously someone saw that in him to buy him in the first place, but it wasn't developing while he was with us. He didn't have long enough, and I don't think we should have sold him when we did. But Mourinho fucked us over with De Bruyne, I think. Yeah, there's, there's some, it's some some strange and bizarre comments on Mixler, which I'm going to finish this with. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'll, I'll make this as clear as I can. All right, just just for those who may have had a heavy weekend like me and whose brains aren't working too well, I'm not saying let the suit. My my, this is exactly my point. Don't let the suits in the boardroom, i.e., the lawyers and the oil men, make the football decisions. They are not qualified to do it. But what I'm saying is, bring in a high class, world class hugely respected director of football they do exist 
Some of the biggest clubs in the world have been using them for a long time and it works. I'm saying get some football knowledge into the boardroom, was not, not leave it to the suits. So, you know, sorry, I needed to say that. Yeah, so there's was there not rumours about sound like... Hiddink wanting a role like that? Well, possibly. You see, he would be good, but Louis Campos has also well, been so mentioned. You know, so those are good people. Thing. Look, we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move to the uh, the break because we've been waffling on for forty five minutes. But I have to say, fair play to both of you. Actually, that was a you know we kind of yeah, Dino said, "Do I fancy it?" I mean, you know, I, I'd love to, Dean, but actually, I'm not qualified. You know, this is the point. There's been a lot of talk about like, oh, let's get Lampard in, let's get Balak in, let's. I they no, they're not. They're not qualified directors of football I people like Dean's louis campos is potentially picking a fight with you not asking if you want the job no oh okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe no he'd never i'd never want to have a fight with dean i absolutely adore and love dean dean's been religiously loyal and listened to the friday night show uh on the love sport radio since it started so we absolutely dean is one of me and jonathan's favorites anyway we're going to move to part three because uh, in that we're, we're, we're no more heated arguments about the football, much as I enjoy them. <laughs> we're going to talk about why, why football's a load of bollocks, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. There we go. It's all about the pub before and afterwards. So there we go. Twas ever thus, some may say. We'll be back in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This, of course, is the uh, Chelsea Fancast, and tonight we've got the both of them absolutely pumped up and on fire. We've got the marvellous Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> 
uh, aka Bella Lugosi, and the beautiful, delightful lunatic that is Alexandra. I just laugh in my head off because you've made it sound like you pulled an all-nighter last night and like you crept through your door at like 4am completely hanging out of your arse. And Martin's just said, judging by the cab receipts, he got home at around 11 o'clock. Yeah, but that's Martin. That's Martin got home. It doesn't say when I got home. Um, I don't really remember getting home. I, I did get the tube. I remember it being bloody cold and it was raining. It was miserable. Uh, a fitting end to yesterday. Um, Bless you, you this old bit, by the way, I'm, I'm not an old mate. I've, honest, I've been on it since since Thursday night, Alex. I am no lightweight. I'm I'm professional and hardcore. Anyway, look, look we uh, talking. This is kind of what I wanted to talk about, really, in this part, because uh, in spite of the football, it's been a fantastic weekend. And uh, uh, the first thing I really want to talk about, um, Jonathan and I. Well, look, the London is Blue podcast. Great, great kind of friends of ours, uh, as they will tell you. Uh, and I'm not bigging us up or, or blowing my own trumpet, but they pretty much do uh, podcasts because they were inspired to do so by what by what we do and, and have become great friends as a result and occasionally a couple of times a year they kind of pop over to the uh to, to london and, and get a game and they bring a load of them uh, a load of the yanks with them which is just great fun it's superb lovely meeting some of these people but uh the first thing of course is that they did a great uh thing on saturday in the atlas pub uh in the afternoon but they did a live uh podcast now you might remember earlier on in the season we did a a, a kind of a mashup with them Alex was there, of course, she'll remember it. We did it in the pensioner, and it was after a game, and we were all absolutely stocious, and it was just lunacy, like it used to be on this show many years ago, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. But this time, they decided to do something a bit more sensible, <laughs> probably a good idea. Um, but they had, uh, you know, Nick, Brandon, and Dan, uh, and myself, Jonathan, Dan Sills, and the lovely Marco Worrell. And, they re- and we had a live audience there, all the Yanks turned up, a few other friends as well. And we've really spent the afternoon talking about, um, you know, different things. Not, not, uh, you know, not. Uh, oh no! I've just realised that uh, John Chips Chipperton was there. And you didn't say hello, mate. No, we should have had a. If you'd, if you'd have waved at me and said, put out, pulled out a, a, a kind of a, like a banner saying, "I am John Chips Chiverton," I would have leapt away from the table, gone downstairs, and had a beer with you, mate. But anyway, the bottom line is, it's great because we got to talk about all sorts of different things, like the culture of support. And, uh, you know, what, all sorts of things, didn't we, Jonathan? I'm, I'm clearly struggling to remember what on earth we talked about, which is no surprise. That's but it was great fun, wasn't I it, JK? Marco was the star, because um, as well as you, Chid, you were very loquacious, as always, about the club and uh, and even the Chelsea Supporters Trust and um, um, masses and the relevance of uh, of having these, these great pals from over the water um, uh, and the turnout. And I, 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 I just... I love the fact that we we a that these people are so um, um, these fans, these excellent supporters, are so interested in the club and use us as a conduit for getting information about the team and about the atmosphere and the ground and all things Chelsea, the culture of being a Chelsea supporter. And um, uh, Marco was just talking about the origins of the fan cast, origins of his stall. Um, Really terrific stuff. Fanzine. Uh, the CFC UK fanzine, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Fancast. Sorry, sorry. Origins of the fanzine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Origins, yeah. Um, and, uh, and talking That's about... That's Chidge going, the fancast is mine, mine. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, you know what? You know what? I mean, here's the really, really weird thing, Alex. You might not know this, but as we all know, DJ basically is behind the CFC UK fanzine. Hurry up, it's only a pound. But DJ was the first person on 
the fan cast, the Chelsea fan cast, was done by DJ Cliff Auger and Kelvin Barker for about five or six ill-fated episodes because they got bored of it, and that's when I turned up after they'd left. <laughs> but basically, it was DJ Cliff and uh, Kelvin. So there you go. Did you not know that? I didn't. So you were a super sub. Uh, well, they'd let it fizzle out, and I turned up to football fan. I got to know football fan cast because. Uh, I was doing a show and I needed lots of football fans to phone up the show and it's easier to get somebody else to organise it. And I said, well, what is it you do? And they said, well, we do lots of podcasts. I said, well, do you do a Chelsea one? And they said, well, we used to, but the bloke who ran it just buggered off. I said, well, I'll do it then. And they said, all right, there you go. (laughs) rest is history. Awesome. The right windbag in the right place at the right time. As always, you know me. If, I'm nothing if not an opportunist. But it was it was great, wasn't it, Jonathan? And we 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 had some really fun chat. It's a good podcast, people. I mean, you know, last time I kind of released our version of it, but I I did have it on Mixler, but the bloody Mixler thing screwed up for the first twenty minutes. So I I, I don't know if I'll put it out or not. I might do, but they've already put it out. Just go and listen to theirs. I mean, it's it, it's a cracking cracking show. If you don't like them, don't worry. It's mainly us talking. But uh, I, I, they are lovely guys. You should give them a chance. Yeah, they're great. Uh, so anyway, London. Is is, London is blue. It's easy to find on, uh, you know, uh, Acast and uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. They put it on all the same places as us. The other thing, of course, Jonathan, that was really, really, really lovely was the fact that we got to meet um, um, lots of other, I mean, a lot of English people there. You know, Liam was there, Liam Toomey from ESPN. I mean, John's just bloody announced he was there. I'm, I mean, I am, I am beyond gutted, John, that you and I didn't get to have a beer. The number of times we've chatted on here... You know, and I've never got to meet you for a beer. I'm I'm absolutely distraught about that. He was high. Bloody get hold of me. I, I know. I'm well. I know, but never mind. I'd love to. I, I mean, this is the point. We never get to meet half of you that we see in Mixler. It'd be lovely to get together one day and have a proper chat and a proper beer. Um, but like, I mean, Luke from Breathe Chelsea that I'd never met before. Had a lovely, lovely chat with him, and uh, and then little uh, Ben, who's 14, turned up. Chelsea youth mate. That was just superb. Come all the way on his own. You know, fantastic. So it was a really, really, really top day. And I think what I'm trying to say, this kind of leads me into, to, um, you know, uh, the, 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 he says, sorry, mate, you were busy. John, I'm never too busy for you, mate. Honestly, you just, next time you say, Chidge, come and have a beer and I will. I'll be there like a shot. Do you want to just clarify um, that but, nobody uh, at the Atlas served Ben too before they get slapped with a 10 grand fine? Nobody <laughs> served Ben a beer. Of course they didn't. There, just a few, a few mind, but not yeah. Shut up, a few, few shots, but no bit. No, 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 they didn't. Benny's underage and not allowed to drink, and he was not drinking. Yeah. He was also accompanied by adults. Uh, but um, I really just kind of wanted to kind of get to this point because, I mean, you know, I know we were all grumpy and miserable at the start of the show, and quite understandably so. We just lost a bloody Spurs for the first time in 28 years, for God's sake. And I, I mean, I, I I was talking to some some very old Chelsea lags in the goose before... Uh, before uh, um, the match yesterday. In fact, one of whom I'm going to mention in a minute. He's he's actually in. He he's been listening in Mixler tonight. I don't know if he's still there. Um, but you know, we were saying that really, you know, for, for me, football when I first started going in the 80s was very much really just an excuse to go and get drunk, and the football was kind of a bit of a bonus. And if it was great, it was great. If it was rubbish, it was rubbish. And then of course, Chelsea were more rubbish than good in those days. And Really, it became about, uh, it really just, you know, came about being out with your mates for a day. And I think yesterday, in a way, epitomised that. And 
very funny that Martin Wickham should appear in, in Mixler tonight because I, I turned up at the pub absolutely steaming about the match and something else which I can't really talk about, but I was pretty angry. And Martin basically spent the first hour determined to make everybody laugh. That was his, his mission last night was to say, bollocks to losing to Tottenham, I'm going to make you all laugh. And that's what he did. And after about an hour or two, the drink flows, you start getting to talk to people... And and suddenly you forget very quickly that we just lost to Tottenham and it doesn't didn't seem as important and and we were having an absolutely cracking time, um, and I should make some very very honourable mentions because uh, this is rather self indulgent I I agree you've probably all turned off now I don't blame you, but I really feel compelled to do this because I had such a good day before and after the match yesterday and in fact the entire weekend I am not going to allow losing to Spurs to get in the way of that and the first person is actually in Mixler now it's Ed who's also called If She Don't Come uh, which is of course a reference to the Celery song nothing else but uh, I was in the Goose and who did I bump into as I was about to get a drink from the bar but Ed who announced himself said hi mate I listen to the show every week and I said that's brilliant he said can I buy you a drink and I said well I'm, I'm about to get around him for somebody let me get you and he said no 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 I insist and as he's just pointed out here, it took us about half an hour to get served. We had a lovely chat. And it's it's just delightful to bump into people like that in the pub that you don't normally get to see. And they say, oh, I listen to the show. And then we have a great chat. That's what it's about. And in the cock, my usual mob out there, Buncey, I, I saw. Lovely to see him. Ken Barkway, Pete, the Oxford drinking machine. Tommy, Lawrence from the beautiful game. Dan Sills was there. Pablo, Stu, Sam... Uh, Nicole, Martin, as I've mentioned, and then Ben, the lovely Ben Lawrence, Cunal, Franny, Juju, Teresa, Niles, E. Athens, John, all in the uh, uh, Atlas afterwards. Brilliant. Great fun. Dan Thorne from Melbourne, Chelsea, Jonathan, who we heard from last week. He was there in the in the cock, had a lovely time with him. He? He's given me uh, a Melbourne, Chelsea flag and all sorts of badges and things. Says hello to you. I've got all of those to give to you as well, Chidge, and pass around everybody and give to Alex. I better give them... In, in bits and pieces over well, the next. We, we've got well, we've got loads then, so we can we can share, you know spread them around. So because Dan certainly brought sweet. me a little little bag with stuff in, oh, which is just really sweet and lovely. The love out there. I mean, you were picking up on this earlier, mate. I mean, it, it was very interesting yesterday because you know clearly the Yanks were over and and they were over for that specific reason. And, and as John was mentioning in Mixler a minute ago, it was you know they were clearly very very. Uh, they were very excited and, and really, you know, giving us a lot of love, which is just lovely. I mean, you know, who, who wouldn't love that? But I'm also saying it was really nice to meet other people away from that, closer to home and, and how nice they are. I mean, it, it, honestly, we are so blessed doing this show. You know, it, it, it has utterly, utterly, utterly enriched my Chelsea experience in the last 15, 10, well, 10 years I've been doing this. Uh, and, and I've met so many great people who, who are now great friends who I get to drink with every week I go to the games, which I would never have done if it hadn't been for this show. And, and mate, if that is one reason why we do it, that's good enough for me. So there you go. I'm gonna, can I just carry on with the honourable mentions, Jonathan? Yes. Because uh, the, Yanks were, the Yanks were on cracking form last night. And, and the lovely thing about this, you know how it works. This is, this is when you know how great people at Chelsea are. You think that we might just sit there and talk about football all night. We didn't. We we started talking about real life stuff, you know, and it's great. I love all that. But uh, the honourable mentions for the Yanks are the lovely Zach and his wife Natasha, or girlfriend Natasha, uh, and he is he's uh, Roman's Empire Pod, Jonathan, that other podcast, which yes. you should give a name check to and listen to. Zach's a cracking bloke, and there was the lovely Matt and Aubrey from uh, from Arizona. Uh, ben and another Matt, Chad from Minneapolis, and of course Nick Dan and Brandon from London is Blue, who are superb. 
But um, the other honourable mentions that I must do, he's in here too. Drink Vodka is his nickname in here. He's in Mixler now. Uh, this is Frederick from Chelsea in Sweden, who is absolutely delightful. I uh, had a lovely, lovely chat with him. And we had uh, we had vodka shots, didn't we, uh, Frederick? Which was probably not a very wise move on my part, but uh, very enjoyable nevertheless. And I even met uh, Steve Frankham from the CPO in the Atlas last night, Jonathan. It was crazy. But best of all was this guy called Tom, who, like Ed, uh, if she don't come earlier on in, in, the, uh, in the Goose, just turned up and said, oh, I've been listening to the show for 10 years. And then he sat down, he brought everybody around the table, at least three rounds, to my knowledge. I mean, that's when it started getting really, really messy. But what, I mean, Tom will be listening. He doesn't do Twitter or anything like that. Tom, I've just got to say, mate, what a lovely, lovely guy you are, an incredibly generous soul, and what fun we had getting horribly pissed with you last night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can only say that I hope we meet you again in the Atlas and we we get you more drinks than you can drink because it would be fitting. So I've probably rattled on far too much about being nice about everybody, but I just think it was, you know, it kind of proves to me, you know, that you you, you need to put these defeats into a bit of perspective sometimes and that there are more important things. And the fact that there's so many great people around at Chelsea, you know, you can soon forget the horror of what we had to go through. Uh, and it's about it's about it's about the whole thing. Obviously, it's about the football too. But really, it's so lovely to be able to 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 suffer collectively with your mates, get drunk, and soon forget about it. Sounds like a bit of a a, a parapet speech, that Jonathan. But I, I I really feel it. Quite emotional about that. Really, it was fantastic yesterday. Yes, all, all four days have been great, Chidge, haven't they? Even in, including tonight. It's uh, it's fun to have the, just the three of us, actually, because um, there's one less for you to interrupt. <laughs> I'm, I'm really upset. I am really upset that you said that, because I hope you've known... You see, this is the thing. Somebody mentioned it on, on Mixler earlier on. They said Chidge is much more fun on the radio show. And the reason for that is that I don't have to keep the whole damn thing together. Some other Muppet has to do that. So I get to be one of the boys and muck around as much as they all do and try and screw it up for the presenter as much as they all do on this show. But I have also learned, I have also learned by this experience that actually it's really interesting for people to hear what you have to say. So I am trying very hard to not interrupt and to give you more airtime and let you talk amongst yourselves. I didn't so mean don't it. don't give me that. I was just oh. mucking. I know you didn't. I'm, You're in trouble you now, I'm really, JK. I'm not, re- How do I I'm get not really upset. Alex, what do I do? <laughs> I mean, we should talk about this. I mean, Aaron, Aaron is a Muppet. I mean, I, I know what you mean, but you know what? He, he's actually, you know, he's actually a sweetheart. I mean, look, I'll give you an example, John. You know, Jonathan is not a, not a drinker, really. But Jonathan is the first. To, we, we all go out for a drink at nine o'clock into a pub down the road. Jonathan not only is the first to get around in, he has a drink with us and he sticks around. But then Aaron, who finishes his next show with the Millwall lot, no wonder he needs a drink after that. But he comes to find us in the pub and sits there. I mean, I, I, left, I left the pub with Aaron at one o'clock in the morning. He's actually a really nice lad and he's got a very, he's got a far more, I know, okay, it was a joke, I know. But he can be a Muppet, I know what you mean. And he is a Man United fan. But he's a nice bloke. He's a nice bloke and he, he, he he's trying hard and he's got a tough job. And I'll be honest, as Jonathan will validate, we make it far harder for him than it needs to be, don't we, Jonathan? <laughs> we're a bit naughty, Chidge, aren't we? Let's be frank. We we're are, a bit we're naughty. naughty. We're Chelsea naughty. Agro. We're naughty. We're naughty. Yeah, well, we just, we, we're just naughty. You know what we're like. Listen, I mean, talking of putting things in perspective, uh, and I know Jonathan and I have spoken about it, uh, certainly on the Saturday uh, podcast with the Londoners Blue Boys, 
Um, but we really should talk about it here too. And Alex can have an opportunity to, to say what she feels. But talking about putting things in perspective, um, awful news about Ray Wilkins on Friday, um, who, as uh, I've said on innumerable shows this weekend, was my first Chelsea hero uh, when I first started liking Chelsea. And uh, I was privileged to work with Ray uh, during 2006, where he and I, I was producing a whole series of programmes on the on the World Cup that year, and he was one of our main pundits. And uh, I was I used to I used to watch uh, the World Cup matches with Ray, drinking, uh, we'd get him his favourite bottle of Monte Pichiliano wine, and we'd sit there drinking the wine and watching the football. And I mean, you know, I was pinching myself. It's like, you know, I'm sitting here drinking wine, watching football, talking about football with my hero. Uh, and, and I have to say, he is without doubt one of the nicest, nicest people you will meet in football. And, I, I, and, and I'm, I'm just dreadfully, dreadfully sad for what's going on. I absolutely hope and pray that he pulls through because he's, he's an absolute superstar and a gent. And I think actually what's staggered me as much is how much, uh, you know, the love you've seen for Ray Wilkins from absolutely every quarter uh in on certainly on social media and in the press and other media and of course neil barnett before the game i mean neil will know ray very well uh and it's just good to see really and and hopefully there's so much love for him kicking out at the moment hopefully that will do some good eh, jonathan yeah even yes, those wankers yesterday in the corner were applauding when neil was talking they were, about they? yeah well the ones that were already in i can only assume that the arsehole contingent hadn't arrived from the pub yet but yeah the ones that were in there applauded as well i mean to be fair to spurs and i i hate to be fair to spurs at any time alex but you know their track record has been good um <laughs> you know when uh when aussie died and uh there was the floral tribute to Aussie on the pitch before the game and that was a Spurs game and they were absolutely perfectly behaved with that they were perfectly behaved when we had the same thing for Matthew Harding after he died so you know much as we hate them and... collapsed as well that was their yeah you know so yeah whatever whatever we think about them and know about them to be true when the push comes to shove they've actually behaved themselves exceptionally i have to say and fair play to them for that great for that but really appalling and vile just constantly singing he murdered a girl yeah at alonso and booing was really low i mean that was just appalling that's the kind of thing the police should be involved in but of course they're not and it was just well they're not really doing anything they're not yeah well we we've done that argument so i'm not i'm not going to go back to that you know what i think about that alex i mean you know i have you you know i mean you would have been too young to watch ray wilkins play i suppose but i mean ray of course had a very important role to play in uh, the carlo ancelotti double season of course mm. i mean i think we had this conversation a couple of weeks the last time i was on i've met him twice and once he was really rude to me but the other time it's really nice but of course it doesn't mean you want someone to suffer so obviously i hope that well i mean they're doing a scan tomorrow aren't they is that what they said that i have you got new i i don't i don't have any news no i don't, I have, don't have any blue squirrel i just remember the first thing i read that the family said that um it was very touch and go but that they were doing another scan or another check on his head or whatever after the bank holiday so tomorrow it said Tuesday they were going to run more tests or something so I don't know if that's to check his head injury I don't know maybe if he if he'd have I don't know how hard he must have hit his head but if uh, if it's the head they're checking and they've given days for swelling to go down then hopefully hopefully it will be better well exactly I Exactly. I mean, look, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but, uh, you know, from what I understand, if they put you in an induced coma because of a head injury, heel, isn't it? then it'll be, 
It well, it'll exactly that. It, it's it's to allow the brain to stop swelling, and they quite often will, you know, bore a little hole in there. Sorry, this sounds quite grim, people, but it, they will ease the pressure on the brain, the swelling of the brain, because that can be really dangerous. Giving it such a large gap to say on Good Friday or Thursday, I don't know when it was that they'll check again on Tuesday, suggests to me that they were giving it time to like if they've reduced a coma because he's got a bad head injury and they're just going to give it some time to to um mend itself before they reassess him that sounds like what it's been but i don't have any inside information on it so but hopefully tomorrow well me neither see an improvement i think all we can say is that i mean you know i just wish ray all the love and support in the world he's a fantastic bloke and uh, far too good a guy to go too soon so we're all hoping that uh, ray pulls through and uh yeah. i'm sure everybody who listens to this show would echo that so yeah. get well soon ray we love you to pieces uh, right, uh, I'm just a usual kind of roundup of little news, and then uh, we'll be on to do Jonathan's. Uh, f- we've got some cracking, cracking, uh, cracking uh, emails uh, to read tonight. I, I, they're all actually Spurs related. I, I, there were two huge ones that are kind of telling us all about how why they love Chelsea, which I've I've had to cut, and we'll do those next week. But uh, they're all pretty steamed up about Spurs, as you can believe. But we'll get on to those in a minute. Before that, uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust, uh, usual plug for them. Uh, as you may or may not know, we're having a nightmare with uh, trying to organise special general meetings at the moment because of the number of games that get moved or moved to a stupid times that are not convenient for anybody to come to a meeting afterwards. And we really don't know, don't know what to do about that. We're going to possibly think about doing them on a non-match day. Uh, much worse, of course, because on a match day you're going to get people there and it's easier for them to come along. But uh, I really don't know what we do about that. It's, it's it's one of the reasons why I hate modern football, the fact that the TV companies screw up the schedule so much. But there you go. Um, it's not all about the meetings, of course. I mean, you know, the Barcelona incident the other week, of course, we were very heavily involved with, uh, you know, trying to corral a lot of evidence from the people that were out there that got clumped by stewards uh, and uh, the stuff like that we get involved with all the time, as you know. So, you know... It's not just about the meetings. Uh, we'll we'll help you and love you anyway. But to do that, uh, you need to join up. It's absolutely free to do so. You don't have to pay a cent if you don't want to. Um, but if you do uh, want to have a nice shiny badge and be able to vote and attend the meetings that I just talked about, it's a fiver. And you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com uh, and then come to anything you like that we do. Vote in the issues that directly affect you. Join in the survey, which is coming out soon, actually. The survey will be out in uh, April, end of April, and it is open to anybody. We've opened it out to everybody now because we want to get as much views as we possibly can. Uh, follow the Chelsea Trust at Chelsea S Trust. And, of course, they're on Facebook, too. Now, I Who mentioned earlier on... Who it's a wonderful... it's a fiver? Hurry up, it's only a fiver. <laughs> yeah, or 10, 10 euros in Milan. Um, you heard me mention earlier on the, uh, in the Atlas, uh, I had the, the, the absolute pleasure to meet Steve Frankham. I mean, I, I know Steve because I've kind of been to the CPO board meet, you know, the uh, AGM, but uh, I don't know him. I've never really spoken to him before, but lo- blame me. He was with Tom in the Atlas pub, so I had a lovely chat with Steve. What a lovely bloke he is, and I thanked him profusely for the, the great work that he's done on the CPO, which... You know, is is we talked about that on the London is Blue pod, didn't we, Jonathan? But it's hugely important uh, for the future yes. of Chelsea and make sure that we always will play at Stamford Bridge. And to do that, you have to go and buy a share. They're much cheaper now. They used to be 100 quid. They are now 25 quid, so they're affordable, hopefully, to most people. And as I said, it means that the freehold of Stamford Bridge will uh, belong, well, belongs to the Chelsea pitch owners, and that means that nobody can build on it or develop it without their permission. So if you want to buy a share, go to info at chelseapitchowners.com. 
uh, or go to the Chelsea uh, FC website and search for the Chelsea Pitch Owners. It'll take you there. And uh, they're on Twitter, at Pitch Owners. So there you go. You know what to do. Uh, the latest issue of CFC UK is also available. It was out on Saturday. Um, Dave put out a, a notice saying uh, that it had been withdrawn for reasons that he could not discuss. It was later revealed to be an April Fool's joke. We all laughed. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, I, I actually fell for it. I actually thought it was, I nearly phoned him up. Said, "What's going on, mate? Have I written something libelous again?" You know. But no, apparently it was Dave's little April Fool's joke. So anyway, the, the latest issue's out now. If you can't get it uh, at the stall uh, in person, you can always get it digitally by just subscribing online at cfcuk.net. If you're in the states or anywhere else in the world, I think well, certainly the states. All you have to do is follow the Twitter account of at cfcukusa. Uh, and then they will tell you how to get a hardcore copy, as it were. Uh, lastly, and by no means least, and I still, I, I kind of feel like apologising profusely for this, because uh, I still haven't figured out what on earth we can do for the Patreon people. Uh, that is, uh, that you know, to say thank you, really, because they, you know, they, 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 they basically, they're, they're basically subscribing to pay for the show every month, which is lovely of them. I have one idea. I have a, I have an idea that maybe I could use the money that we get on Patreon to make a a banner at the bridge that we can hang at the bridge, because obviously I know all the people who organise that. I've got an idea, okay, to do that. So I, I'm going to park that one. But I'm, I'm somebody else has emailed me recently, and I need to go back in the emails and find it. They had another idea. But I'm going to keep working on it. Maybe for next season we really would have come up with some stuff which we can just make really exclusive to the people that... Uh, <clears throat> that do the Patreon thing because I think it's uh, we we need to do that. Um, anyway, if you want to become a, a Chelsea fancast patron, uh, help us cover the costs of running the show and all of that, and uh, and and just really give us a bit of love, you know. Uh, all you have to do, donate whatever you want. There are no limits at all. I mean, you know, as little or as much as you want. I always reckon, like uh, you know, you pay a quid for or only a pound for the CFC UK fanzine. So if I think it's it's American, so it has to be dollars. So you know, just a dollar a show, and then you've pretty much got it sussed out. Uh, there have been people who said they found it hard to sign on. I don't know how why. I, I I've not had to sign on, so I don't really know. I might give it a, a look and see what's going on with it. But if you do, and if you are interested, and if you'd like to contribute, it is Patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There you go. Enough of me waffling on. Uh, now it's a, a whole half an hour of Jonathan waffling on just after this break. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and the marvellous, beautiful, talented, intelligent wonderful human being that is Alexandra Churchill is with us. Hello. And also Jonathan Kidd. No, no, I, I didn't get Jonathan up at all there. The, the, the wonderful, talented, the, the best voiceover artist in the universe is coming up next. What would I do without him? I mean, actually, I'm, be, I'm feeling so magnanimous and nice about everybody tonight. I'm going to be nice about Jonathan too. I have to say that in the in the years that I've been doing this podcast, and Jonathan's you know kind of become my right hand man 
on it. He's on every Monday fancast we do and every Friday show that we do. And he, he's become my right-hand man. And my life has been enriched by working with you, Jonathan. Oh, it's, been, it's, an absolute, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you as well as I have. Oh, and I kind of see the, the show as your show as much as my show these oh, days. Oh, so oh, fair play to you, mate. Good stuff. Alex, do you fancy doing the show with me next week and get rid of Chidge? Right, yeah, you're, you both <laughs> you're both fired. You're both fired. You're both fired and I don't like you anymore. <laughs> that was quick. That was a quick turnaround. You may, you may laugh, though, but I did. I mean, you know, I handed the reins over to you on the radio show the other way. Yeah, yeah, you did, actually. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you know, there'll be more of that. I mean, the thing is, the only reason I have to do every bloody show on a Monday is I'm the only one who can deal with the technology at this end. That's true. Otherwise, I'd have more time off. Bertie My wife... take over. He's just staring at me as well, if, like, when fun. do I get invited? Yeah. Well, my wife might love me again if I did that occasionally and left it all to you. But sadly, the Monday show, I have to do. But uh, the Friday show, uh, I don't think Aaron would have a problem with me bunking out more often. Actually, I listened to the one where I wasn't on, and I listened to it, and I thought, bloody hell, Jonathan and Clayton and Ollie are really good. This is much better without me. Maybe I'll give it a swerve more often. But there you go. Uh, right, Jonathan, emails, emails, emails. This is from, but thank you for those kind words, Chidge. They are reciprocated, but the show would be... I mean it, mate. I mean it. It would be nothing without you. You are, And I, I'm just desperate for attention. That's the only reason I... Get mean. on with the email. <laughs> it, <it's... laughs> um, uh, here we go. This is a good one. This is Greg Gardner. Um, I'm going to read this twice, okay? Um, dear Mr. Conte, thanks for the season O. But what he also meant was, dear Mr. Conte, thanks for the season no. <laughs> Short but sweet, mate. I like that. It's the kind of email I like. Email to Grant Mowat. Good evening to Chidge, the boys and girl. Oh, Alex, it's for you. I'll try and keep this email as brief as possible, as I'm sure you'll get a million and one emails about last night's performance. There are a few points I'd like to make. I sincerely hope this is the moment for real self-reflection at the club. The Chelsea versus Spurs game has surely marked that the winds of change, quotation, quotation marks, have come and are here to stay. Gone are the days where, only, where our only opponents were United and Arsenal. Other than that, there was a lacklustre Liverpool and a dopey City side. The players, management team and board need to look at the situation that the side is currently in and need to make bold and decisive decisions. New transfers need to be made in the summer. A new five to ten year plan needs to be formulated and a new technical director needs to be appointed. I say this because in 2005 was the end of Arsenal's trophies winning streak and the beginning of the, of the trophy drought. They seem to have fallen by the wayside with little or no plan since then. As last night's game continued, I began to have a sense of trepidation that it could be our turn. Am I being a nappy shitter or is this fear real? We could avoid, indeed, we could avoid all of that and stop becoming the second Arsenal. The club needs to take the situation by the scruff of the neck and sort it. Please may the Louis Campos rumours be true. Who do you think the technical director appointment will be given to? Michael Ballack, Rude Hullet. I'd love to hear your opinions. Lastly, Bollocks to Spurs and up to Chelps. Thanks for everything. <laughs> Grant Mowat, South Africa, at Grant Mowat. Great, great mail. Um, I think we've, we've dealt with lots of those points, haven't we? But um, uh, I, have, I have, Grant, I have, I'm positive that it won't be like that. It won't go down this route because um, I really think that they're, they're, they're not as, they're not mugs you know, the board. And I think they've got it all worked out for next year. They're just, they're just having to deal with the debris of this year at the moment. So uh, 
that's I think that's what we've uh, that's what we've come up with anyway in the uh, in the chat in the show. Isn't that right, Chidge? I think so, mate. I think so. We have kind of covered it. I mean, I, I, look, Louis Campos was a was a rumor. I, look, Joe Tweeds is the man to ask about. Uh, you know all of that because he's got his. I mean, he's really just researches it and researches it and researches it. I mean, I picked up the Louis Campos thing from some article I read and thought, oh, who's this bloke? But apparently, he was the uh, director of football at Monaco, uh, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting perspective because, of course, you know they did very, very well at bringing in a lot of very young, talented players, uh, developing them. I know, I know, one of them was Bakayoko, so maybe not all brilliant, but uh, Mbappe, for example, and others. And of course, they did very well in the Champions League last season. Uh, but because they're Monaco and they're a, a small club, really not a very rich club, they end up selling all of their players. But it shows that he knows how to unearth and develop talent. Uh, and he's—I think—he's gone on to Lille now, hasn't he? But uh, he's very, very highly rated. And of course, the guys that are at uh, Man City—I mean, they both came. They were directors of football at, at Barcelona, which is where the Pep Guardiola link comes in. So there are people out there that you know. The likes of us, you really only give a damn about what happens on Saturday at three o'clock, don't really know about. But, uh, you know, I, I would rather see a professional, proper, world-class, highly regarded director of football come in. Much as I love the likes of Balak and Rude Hullet and Frank Lampard, I don't think, you know, they're, they're not directors of football. They're great ex-players, some of whom have been great managers, some of whom might become great managers or whatever. But they're not directors of football now. And I think that's what we need now. The other thing I was going to say, Jonathan, is that when Grant mentions the winds of change, is he talking about nappy shitting? Oh, clever, Chidge. Clever. Very clever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got anything to say on this, Alex? Nappy shitting or otherwise? I agree with you. needs to be as romantic as it would be to bring in... Maybe if you want to bring in someone like you're talking about and bring in Balak or Lampard underneath them and they'll tutor them and they'll grow into the role and take over when that person goes, then fine. But you're right, no romantic shit. We need a badass to come in and sort our shit to, put our shit together. I think, I think you've got a really good point there, Alex, which we shouldn't poo-poo no nappy shitting intended but you know having ha- having having the likes of uh, a john terry or a frank lampard or a michael ballack or somebody like that who was a great player at the club who gets the culture of it understands who it, loves understands the why club, beating, yeah and yeah who understands why not losing to spurs is so important have them around in some capacity yeah. you know i mean my, I, I, that, I don't think that would have we would not have lost to spurs on saturday if, if jt had been around i just get that feeling because he would have got into them said do you know what's going on here you need you know he would have, whatever so i think there's a role for them but not director of football yeah i just some john terry would have ripped someone's head off and shut down their neck at half time and that's that's exactly. not happening exactly hopefully delhi alley yeah jonathan off you go uh, this is from Jeremy Reason. No, but we've got no, Peter it's not Bryant. From Peter Bryant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I leapt ahead there. I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah. Peter Bryant. Before everyone gets their knickers in a twist, Tottenham are currently better than us. End of. Those of our fans of the plastic variety need to deal with it. With kind regards, Peter Bryant. <laughs> oh, very polite of him, I thought. Ooh. With, with with kind regards. Well, thank you, Peter. Um, are they better than us? Well, you know, three one tells you that they are. But I, I actually generally don't believe that they are better than us. I think we've got good players. We won the title last year with pretty much the same squad. So, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say that they are better than us. Um, but on the day they were, you can't argue with that, can you, Jonathan? No. I can. I think if we'd have continued to play the way we were, 
we would have won. We collapsed. It wasn't that they they came out and did anything amazing. I don't yeah. think. Fair point. Apart Jonathan? from Ericsson's goal. Nothing you could do about that. Jonathan? Jonathan? Yes, indeed. Are you asking me for another view or do you want to do the next one? Yeah, I'm asking you for another view because Alex Alex leapt well, in. I, I thought like that we, uh, remember we did beat them two one there, and uh, they have played yeah. better as the season's gone on. He's made some astute buys that seem to work with the setup, and he's um, a clever manager. But he's got uh, he's got these players, the best players playing the best they can. So he's got Ericsson, who's a really class act, playing marvelously, um, and they're very organised, uh, and they have a great belief that we don't appear to have anymore. Uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe you're... they're the better team. Um, the better no, team, not, no. not the better players. No, no, but I, I think it's, it's no. But you it's, know what I mean. They play as a team, system. Alex. I that's think, what I mean. I think we were better and more consistent than them up until January, and it's all fallen apart. You know, we yeah. then revealed our, our paucity of ideas. Ooh, um, but I, I <laughs> no, ooh, people yeah, are saying, no, no, people against are Watford and Bournemouth. You know, which. You'd never ever believe yeah. that we'd lose to them. But you look at the other results of the season. I think the Burnley game at the beginning of the season takes on a um, a very deep significance once one knows what was actually going on at the club, because uh, if that that was the period where he said, "I'm sorry, I'm going," so it's not a surprise to me that we then actually lost to Burnley at the beginning, and he had to somehow resurrect it. But we we played very well in patches up until. Uh, January and then it all fell apart. These and he then started blaming the board and blaming the squad. I mean, I'm, I have to say we haven't talked about what the the board, what the the players must think. That every press conference he gives, he talks about um, the standard of player not being good, shit good enough. Are. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, no, we haven't heard from the players what they think about this. For God's sake, if your manager keeps saying we haven't got a squad depth and you're, not, you're the team aren't very good, for fuck's sake, I don't know how he's got away with it actually. Well, he hasn't. There's the right, next email. Next email, mate. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Away with it. Jeremy Reason. Hi, guys. I'm 23. I've supported Chelsea pretty much since I was born. Went to my first game at the age of two with my dad in a carrier. I beat you. I went when I was nine months. I was travelling all over England to watch away games with my dad well before the Ab- Abramovich era. Though I must admit, I was so young that those memories are fading. Oh, God. God, bloody hell, I couldn't remember anything when I was nine months. Though I can't forget the 1997 yellow away strip with Zola on the back. Or for that matter, the look on my father's face when I told him I wish Dennis Wise was my dad <gasps> during the celebrations <laughs> of the 2000 FA Cup win. Yes. But I suppose if he was holding him, holding him up at the uh, uh, when he was being, having the trophy delivered, you might think, oh, I'd like to be there. Anyway, I'm sympathetic to the comments about fake fans expecting to win every week. However, what really frustrates me is that we're in a unique position to create a footballing legacy with Abramovich's investment. Every time we have a good season, we look like we could be in a position to push on and become one of the dominant names in European football, yet we fall short due to the board. I truly believe this is what Abramovich and the fans want, yet our board seem to let us down continually. Well, Abramovich is the board. First of all, I want to say I think the club board are doing a great job at running the club financially in terms of growing the club's revenue. However, their lack of football expertise is massively undermining those efforts as failing to qualify for the Champions League puts us under so much financial strain. I'm absolutely gutted by the Tottenham result, but it's evident that it's a representation of our season as a whole and an even more depressing pattern. Not a single win against the top six 
in our past five meetings, five losses in our past seven games, and I'd suggest it's completely down to the board. This is not the first time we've crumbled during a title defence, and why is it happening? I think it's a fair statement to say our success as a club in the past eight years has been in spite of the actions taken by the board, not because of them. Not that our financial dominance is being questioned, the board's failings are being exposed. At the beginning of the 16-17 season, we brought in one big-name player after finishing 10th, and then went on to win the league due to Kante stroke Conte's brilliance. Our board then follow it up by bringing in cheap injured players when it's clear the squad needs serious investment. Can the board really wonder why we're not able to challenge on four fronts? The board's willingness to change managers so quickly is a reflection of the fact that they haven't got a clue what they're doing, made worse by the fact that we lost the only board member with any football experience. They're able to absolve themselves of guilt. Was that Emanalo because he wasn't on the board? They're able to absolve themselves of guilt by putting a new manager in place every other season and by trial and error win a trophy here and there. The last time our board did its job was in the 14-15 season because Mourinho whipped them into action. That year, we brought in Fabregas, Matic, Philippe Luis and Costa. However, in the process, they managed to undo years of hard work focused on developing youth, which further represents a failing of the board. There is a disconnect between our recruitment strategy and our managerial strategy, and it's making us a bit of a laughing stock. We're stockpiling a huge amount of talent, and then they're stagnating while on our books. Then we let them go and they become world beaters. Well, three of them. Going back further, the 13-14 season was a joke. We were playing with Eto up front, who could have been anywhere from 32 to 40. He was 44. The season prior to that, we were able to bring in Hazard due to the Champions League win, which I'm sorry, had nothing to do with the board. Also looks like we might be losing Hazard, and one can expect it's mainly down to the lack of ambition that we're showing. The reason Conte is so frustrated is because as a club, we exhibit an attitude that we want to be considered one of the biggest clubs in Europe, and yet allow it to be run by idiots who don't know a thing about football. While Marina has been great at overseeing commercial development, I think it's time for a mix-up. Managers like Di Matteo, Ancelotti, Mourinho and now Conte have been taking the blame while the culprits of mismanagement continue to hold on to their power. She clearly doesn't have what it takes to negotiate for world-class players in the current market. People blaming Conte for this season's woes are incredibly frustrating. Here's a world-class manager. We should be doing everything we can to keep him by giving him the financial support he deserves to bring in the players we need to win more titles and push for the Champions League. Bit of a rant. I apologise. Best, Jeremy. What do you think, Chidge? Mm. Well, I think that was a very reasoned email. But I Rob... think it's too far the other way, though. Yeah. Is it oh, that was a joke. His name's Jeremy Reason, you miserable git. <laughs> that was the funniest one tonight. No, there's a fair amount of bloody hell, shit in it. Bloody hell. Well, Good look, I, you know, I, I tell you what, the first, the, the first thing I'd like to say is I'm delighted that a 23-year-old lad's written in to us, actually, and I thought, I thought it was a very coherent, well-put-together email. And Jeremy's pissed off, and I get it, you know, and fair play to him. I, I, I don't know if I agree entirely with it. I, I mean, you know, I've got my own frustrations with the board, some of which I echoed in terms of actually getting some football expertise in there. Um, can we, can and we, I do, I do. I, can we wait sorry, go on, mate. before we pass judgment on the board until the summer? Because uh, I, well, think, yeah. I, I really yeah. think we need to wait until this the whole Conte episode has as has has changed. I mean, the problem is, Jeremy, is that um, um, is that we've got all this information, 
that that isn't being disseminated really about how um, uh, weirdly Conte's been behaving, and the board we're aware that the board has been put in a rather invidious position of of how to deal with it, um, and so it, it's easy to say it's their fault for not buying players, but it, it's as we've established, um, it's actually much more complicated than that, and they're actually having to deal with the fallout of his weird behaviour. So I would like to give them another another chance. Can we just wait until the summer? If in the summer they fail to buy anybody or the new manager fails to deal with anything. I think the point earlier that you made about them all being on the edge of end of their contracts was really relevant. And there might be an enormous clear yeah. out and the and the youth might be given an opportunity and the new manager might be given an opportunity um, to deal with that, as I've said before. So I think we need to to hang fire before we hang the board. And they have the other thing to remember, Jeremy, is Abramovich is the board. So all of these decisions are not being made by the board. They're being made by Abramovich. So it, there is a, a distinct um, uh, disconnect between... Um, there, so there isn't a disconnection. He, 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 they don't make decisions on their own without, without consulting him because he's the, he, he's the czar, if you like. And, uh, and for us to think that they make independent decisions is completely wrong. So um, it, it's possibly him who doesn't have enough footballing knowledge or has worked it out. But he is, he is really, he runs over everything with a fine tooth comb. I'm, I'm, I'm completely aware of that. That's, it's not a, there's no disconnect between the two. So. I mean, look, just, just to go back to what we were saying earlier, I mean, there is there is no doubt in my mind that Conte is a superb manager. Yeah, there is. He wouldn't have won the title how he did last season if he wasn't. There is no doubt in my mind that Conte will go on to his next club and win loads of stuff again because he is a great manager. But that doesn't dispute. I mean, and you know, if if things have, I think things have gone tits up. I think there's no denying that, and I think maybe we've reached a point where he can't be the manager for whatever reason. I personally am gutted by that. I'd have liked to have seen him not go a bit bonkers this season and carry on being a great manager for us. But I do think that 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 ship has sailed, and it really annoys me because he's a superb manager. I I mean, who out there, who out there right now is a better manager than Conte? When, you know that we yeah, could get. I don't think crap. there are many. Yeah, but exactly. But we are where we are. That's the yeah. point. We are not. We are not where we were in at this time last season, where he was running away with the title. It's completely changed, and I'm really, I'm really guided about that because I think Conte last season's Conte was great, but we haven't got last season's Conte, and 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 I don't see that coming back for various reasons. And I, I, I feel Jeremy's frustration. I really, really do. And I think he put that really well in that email. So I'm not going to coat him off for that at all. I think fair play to him, mate. He's oh, well done, well done, absolutely. Next, he's allowed to rant, and he's, he's right. But it's just his. Yeah, weird, too right. Which is slightly. I more, just don't happen. We do to every agree. week on a week. I just don't happen to agree with him. Yeah, we do every week on a Monday, don't we? That's that's the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because we 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 slightly an element more knowledge, which is absolutely fair enough. You know. Um, uh, right, this is email five. Uh, well, sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but just there's a few comments coming in about this. I mean, John again, poor old John must have come picking on him. He said, let's get behind him. I think the fans, as we always are, actually, we always give our players and our managers a huge chance, apart from the ones we don't like before they come in, Benitez. I think the supporters have been hugely supportive of Conte all through all throughout. I mean, even yesterday we were seeing Antonio, Antonio. So, 
you know, Chelsea supporters get behind the manager and the players. They always do. Um, but I think we're we're analysing it in the cold light of day outside of the game. I think that's a different thing, you know. But if when I'm there, I'm not going to sit there going, boo, or Conte out. I never do that. You know, when I'm there, I get behind the manager and the team unless it's Rafa Benitez. Your key point was, that. Sorry, unfortunately, just... that ship has sailed. That was your key point. He's gone yeah. too far now to pull it back, which it saddens me as I well. I think he might have done. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan? Sorry, mate, for interrupting, because we've got loads more to get through. Let's see how we do. Email uh, six from Eldad Vakahi. You've missed, you've missed Daniel out. Oh, God, I'm so crap. Sorry. My, my page keeps moving on my iPad. That's why. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. I must have put a, a, a firm, slightly smudgy digit on it, and it moved. Um, email five, Daniel Gasser. Good afternoon. This email is coming from the south side of Chicago, Illinois. The wife and I will be on holiday and attending our first CFC match ever. We'll be attending the CFC versus Hammers match on the 4th of... No, it's 4-8, he's put, hasn't he? Which, of course, is the other way around in America. Four, Next eight. weekend. He means the 8-4, 8th of April. Let me know what pub you will be, you will be boozing. Is put <laughs> rather than boozing in. What puppy will be boozing? What puppy will be emptying through boozing, getting rid of all that? <laughs> the, cock, the cock tavern looks great. How early before the match? Two to three hours. Now come five hours and get completely bluted. I'm thrilled to be going to my first Premier League match. Not the typical fucking yank either. <laughs> Look forward to your response. Thanks, Elwood, CFC. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. We must all yeah, be... I must come. I do love... I love this. I love this business of people attending the games from around the world. It's absolutely phenomenal. I really want to come and meet you, Daniel. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, you'll be there early because you have, you have to go off for lunch and stuff. I, I, uh, it's a 4.30 kickoff, isn't it? I mean, uh, Daniel, if you get in there, I mean, I usually try and get in a couple of hours before myself, but I'm usually late. But I do a lot of my mates get in there, you know, three, four hours before. They're nutters. Uh, I will be paddling light uh, next Sunday because I have to drive back to Winchester that evening, sadly. So I will not be on it like I was this weekend. But you and I can certainly... Uh, share a pint. I'm sure. I'm sure we can have a pint together. So uh, you know, we're always in the garden at the back. So come and find us. Come say hello. Okay, yeah, I'll try and get there beforehand. I, I, I was there at the weekend, Chich, but I, as I said, I encountered the Americans, so I, um, I, I walked with them. I met them outside and didn't come in. But I'll make sure I come in on Sunday. Uh, if it's a four thirty start, is it? Yeah, I'll try and get there about. Um, yeah, yeah. About three. Good stuff. Here we are. This is email. Dean, Dean Mears. Dean, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Dean Mears on Mixer says 7 p.m. on the Saturday night should be enough time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then we'd have to stay in little bunk beds in that top room at the Atlas. Anyway. We'll just camp there. Yeah. I'm, at, well, uh, I'm camped most of the time. I don't need to be camping. Oh, darling. <laughs> oh, oh. Campers Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Campers are row of pink marquees. Anyway, this is email seven, Mark Graver. Hi all, I'm listening to the Special Relationship Fancast and on my second whiskey. <laughs> I moved to New Zealand in 2003, the year Roman arrived, managed the pre-season thrashing of Watford at Vicarage Road just before boarding the plane as I had to take my Kiwi partner 
to her, to her first Chelsea game before we left. People often ask me if, if there's anything I miss about the UK. There still is a UK, I believe. <laughs> My answer is always the football and the pubs. It's a slightly glib answer, but it's the truth in as much as it relates to the culture being discussed and the environment of the discussion. The fan cast is the closest I can get to what's missing, though admittedly the missing is outweighed by the existing living here. So really, I'm just here to say thanks and to blow your trumpets for you. Ooh, uh, missus, he's put. It's a joy to listen to the talk about... Ooh, uh, missus. It's a joy to listen to the talk about the team, the history, the memories, many of them shared. We just don't get this in New Zealand, as it's probably the only country in the world that doesn't have a football culture. I can't be bothered to check that, that but come on, the majority here are egg chasers and not, <laughs> and not just at Easter. See, that's actually, exactly my point. It, it is such a joy for people who are away from the club to listen to the talk about the team, the history and the memories. It's, it's completely brilliant to be able to share that with people around the world. Anyway, I'm writing this as I'm listening, so forgive the slightly random structure. I guess this is improv, Jonathan. <laughs> it's also after the Spurs game, so forgive the whiskies. Actually, they're now red wines. Thank you again, and thanks to our American friends. That was a great listen. Finally, and back to those shared memories, the first game I went to was against Leeds at the bridge on January the 18th, 1975, a 2-0 loss. I was there. Our number eight was Ray Wilkins. I was 10. He was 17 or 18. Ray defined my early relationship with Chelsea. Now, I remember the long, accurate through balls rather than the crab passes. Um, I must just chip in there. Uh, I used to stand next to a bloke regularly when you move around at the bridge from... Um, you could go either end, depending on Chelsea were attacking. And there used to be a bloke whenever Wilkins played who shouted out, he's a crab, he's a crab, isn't he? And then Wilkins would then play an, an immaculate 40-yard pass forward and he'd sort of choke slightly. And go, oh, well, apart from that one, but he's, most of the time he's a crab. <laughs> I was very sad when, we went, when he went to Man United. Felt better when he went to Milan. Thoughts are with him and his family, as are ours. I don't care if we lose to Tottenham or anyone else. There will also there will uh, there will also be a Chelsea. Thanks for doing what you do, Mark. P.S. When I get back to England, it tends to be in the English summer. NZ New Zealand winter, so not football. Anyone up for a pint at Lords or just a pint anywhere? Well, if you're at Lords, Mark, and uh, Chidge and I are there, which we tend to be um, at least once in the season. Yeah, please, let's meet up. Love to. Well, jo Jonathan and I are there all, all week, usually, aren't we? I mean, you, you've got work, so you well, have I, to... Uh, I appear on my bicycle and, uh, and then come in and we tend to lay down next to the screen, don't we? And then just occasionally watch the cricket I know. chatting. And, uh, I know. I'm, I'm very, very bad at that. No, but, that's the point but, uh, of going yeah, definitely. to cricket. You only go to drink. Yeah. Cricket's background. That's kind of true, really. Yeah. I do love the cricket, though. There are times when I'm absolutely wrapped by it, but uh, I, I, there are, you know, I do, I do like a drink at the cricket. Uh, yeah, Mark, you know, look, you've got my email address clearly, ChelseaFanCast at gmail dot com. So just let me know when you're over here, and we'll look, even if it's not the cricket, we'll we'll meet up for a pint. You bet, I'd love that. Uh, Jonathan, you, your iPod or iPad slipped again because there was an email six from the lovely Eldad Vakahai. Oh Vakahi. my God! Sorry if I mispronounced that. Me? What's the matter? Sorry, it's all right. But it, it's very quick, and he just says. Hi, I'm hi. I would like to know where all. I'd like to know where, where you're reading it. I'm reading it. I'd like to know where will the fans be drinking before the next match versus West Ham on the eighth of April. Thanks, Eldad. Go on, Chid. Say so. Tell them. 
Uh, well, we we will be in the Cock Tavern, uh, as said many many a time. There are other great pubs. If you want real kind of proper atmosphere before the match, uh, El Dad, then go to the Chelsea Pensioner, which is uh, very near to the ground. Uh, the Butcher's Hook is a decent boozer, which is historically important because it's where the club was founded. Uh, Alex likes the elk, don't you, Alex? I do. They had the best burgers in town. If you want something to eat before the game, in, out in the garden. I didn't know they had burgers. They've there. got I might a barbecue come and join you for out a boy the back. One day. Mm. Well, they have one on on Sunday. Yeah, every every match day they have a grill going out the back. They're all set up for it for match days and stuff, and they are absolutely awesome. Do you, what what time are you? Well, I I might come and find. Do you get there early? Uh, not particularly, but give me a text. All right, I might go there before I go to the cock, you see, and have a burger with you, because I'll probably need some food, because I've got to drive back, so I can't Line get too pissed. Other boozers are available, John says. <laughs> um, the Atlas, Eldad, is where we go afterwards uh, in Seagrave Road. Loads of pubs, mate, but we, we will be in the cock. Alex will be in the elk, but we will be in the cock. I will probably be in the elk too, but that's another story. Right, we need to go um, because we're way over budget tonight. Bloody hell. Uh, right, uh, Robert Vice and Jimmy Arland, great emails. Thank you. Um, I will try and get to them next week. It's just that, as you've already seen, we're way over time, so we just didn't have time to fit them in. We'll try next week, I promise. Uh, um, and as you know, we love receiving our emails. We'll always try and read them out on the show, so send them to ChelseaFanCast, excuse me, at gmail.com. Really needs to be kind of late Sunday night latest, really, because I do the script uh, quite often on Sunday. And if you do it on a Monday, they quite often won't make the cut. Uh, so please do that. Uh, now, we will be back next Monday at 7 o'clock, looking back at the Chelsea-West Ham match, hopefully uh, with a better result than last weekend. Uh, before that, of course, I shall be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon, uh, possibly Thursday, probably Thursday. So make sure you download and listen so that from Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, et all. And on Friday, this coming Friday, of course, between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m., we'll be doing the Chelsea Fancast for Love Sport Radio with Jonathan, Alex, and me. And we'll be talking, and Aaron, of course, Aaron who presents it. Uh, and we'll be talking about the Spurs and West Ham games and lots of other stuff as well. Best thing is, is that you can phone in and join in the show and debate with us live. Live! Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, the number to call Jonathan is? Oh, God, I can't remember, Chidge. 0207. No, 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 Lovely. We will, of course, be reminding you of this constantly before Friday. Alex is making her debut, so she has to practice all week about not swearing on live radio. <laughs> yes. You can't. You can't do it. Because I can do man. it on you'll TV. Be, it's be... fine. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You. you... Fine. Uh, well... oh, Jesus, <laughs> you told me, didn't you? I tell you all right. Uh, love sport radio. I'll bring a blanket. What? And the second she looks, she's about to swear. Okay. I'll throw the blanket over her head. Okay. Right. Uh, Love Sport Radio can be found. I'll just mute you. Shut up. Right. Love Sport Radio can be found at uh, 558 a.m. and on digital radio, of course, uh, DAB. Uh, But you can also listen to it on their website, lovesportradio.com. If you want to listen, if you can't listen live on 7 uh, on Fridays, then you can always uh, go to their website 
and you'll see in the top right hand corner it's got a listen live or on demand button go to the on demand button scroll up you will find the chelsea fancast there it's all you need to do right now you can follow the show us on twitter at chelsea fancast me at stanford chidge jonathan at jonathan kid and alex the wondrous churchill is at cfc gwlb which stands for uh, the gwlb stands for girl who likes balls there you go. Uh, check out the website, as I said earlier, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to Heon and the wonderful, huge army of Chelsea Fancast bloggers we've got. Uh, next week, I will write the, their names down and give them a good old plug because they're lovely people, worth following, uh, and they're putting up some great content every week, so make sure you read it when you get a mode. Right, we really should go because we've been massively over budget, and it is past my bedtime after the weekend to end all weekends on a wonderful boozing front not necessarily a football one but first of all before I do that I would like to say a huge thank you to Alex it's lovely having you back on the show my love we've really missed you actually it seems like ages since we've had you on the show massive shout out to the El Salvador guys that came over for the Palace game as well all two of them the only two people from that country that don't apparently glory hunt Barcelona they were awesome and they were in town wow when was this Palace game for Rodrigo and his mad brother, who did 10 men went to mow. He did the first six on his own in the garden at the Elk before people joined in. But he was determined to get to the end. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. I'd shame. I wish I'd love to have met them. Yep. That's great. They'll be back. Uh, thank you for that. Great. Uh, Jonathan, you have been superb as always. An absolute rock. I look forward to uh, seeing you on Friday for another show. May I say how fun. well that you've stood up to the, uh, the vagaries of beer? Uh, you've done very well tonight, considering that you're at the end of your tether. I think you've done very well indeed. Uh, well, I'm a professional, mate. I'm a professional, but I do think I have gout. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be limping uh, out, will you? You'll be standing up and going, oh, yeah. God, I need a stick. Well, You have Ray parlor your you know, way through tonight like a champion. Not Ray Parler, Paul Merson. Oh, no, do you know what? Some, They're both ugly. Uh, somebody I get compared confused. me to... Al- well, thank you. I won't take it personally. But I, somebody compared me to Alan Brazil in my ability to drink for England and still broadcast. Well, was Merson was said that was that, that West Ham game where he was running down the line at Highbury and he was so hungover from the night before that he just fell over and there was no one anywhere near him. You have been Merson <laughs> tonight. Not Ray Parler. Oh, I love the Merce. <laughs> yeah. Merce is a Chelsea fan. Of I've course. got yeah, yeah, I've got a soft spot for the Merce. He He's said he just fan, killed right he? over. There was no one anywhere near him. Oh, I love couldn't him. stand up anymore. Love him. <laughs> brilliant. All right, we got to go, guys. You've been brilliant tonight. I've had a real, real fun doing the show with you tonight. I can't. I don't even remember that we played football yesterday. You've made me in such a good mood, so that's great. It's kind of the whole point of the show. Uh, you lot out there have been equally brilliant. Uh, the Mixler people have been on fire tonight. Thank you. I'm not going to mention you because there's so many of you, but thank you so much for joining us. It's been brilliant to uh, share the evening with you. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. After chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.